0: what's up jason tatum here ball up wherever you are with nba 2k mobile playing game events to collect nba legends and rising stars to assemble your dream team and settle things on the court download nba 2k mobile now on the app store and google play
1: hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the pick a Side podcast my name is Joel moran and i'm here with riv and andrew Velez, and this is now episode 98 today is a very special show We are joined by ChillTown32, but some of you may know him as OG on TikTok, and we're glad to have him on. He's amassed over 200,000 followers on TikTok in a short amount of time, which is why in this episode we will talk about how we got started on TikTok, and we'll also go over the NBA Finals, give our predictions, give our take on the best team to never win a championship, debating how big a factor playoff performance should play when determining the overall value of a player, Kobe versus Tim Duncan, all time and more. So this is now episode 98. If you guys are listening, you guys can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And now on to you, OG. Thank you for being on the show.
0: No problem, man. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Let's do it.
1: So the first question I want to ask, uh, we were talking for about 20 minutes before Rave over here came because he got stuck in uh, the flooding that's going on in Jersey, is How did you first get started on TikTok? Because you came out of nowhere. And just to let you know, I I first saw your video when you had about like 24,000 followers. (laughs) I followed you and I'm like, wow. I look up like two days later and you're like at 100,000. I mean, how how did that feel once you got that far?
0: Well, it's interesting, man, because I got involved with this TikTok thing. My best friend, Roderick, he was visiting his kids. And he comes back and tells me about it, and I'm thinking TikTok because I don't do social media very much. But he was like, "Yo, you need to go check this out. This is a big deal. My my kids got me on it, and I'm hooked." Well, I get on it and I start watching things, and then I find the basketball community. And there's this guy that was on there. I haven't seen him in quite a while. Uh, <laughs> Boom! I think his name is
1: the MJ um, guy versus MJ versus LeBron guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's him. Well. He had a he had a take where he talked about Michael Jordan had help in the 80s when he had Orlando Woolridge. And <laughs> I immediately, I'm thinking, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. I, I was around during that time. So hang on for a second. No, he did not. And I went off on what Jordan had. You know, they were 18 games under 500 when Jordan sat out most of that season. Um, they were basically, they're Oklahoma City today. That's who they would be. And he was talking about them. And then it just materialized from that where I would get questions. Yo, who do you think? What do you think of this guy? What do you think of that guy? And then I started answering questions. And the next thing I know, I'm on TikTok and I'm, I am I got a following. And it just mushroomed from there.
1: You know, what's so interesting about your journey is that so many people that are on TikTok right now follow pages that promote growth tips and their pages are literally made out to show other people how to grow on TikTok. And you grew in the most unconventional way. No hashtags, just responding to comments. And it was so organic, no growth tips. And to me, I look at that, I'm like, wow, that is, that's so awesome. It really is awesome.
0: Well, when you think about how you get to know people, how do you get to know people? You get to know people by talking to people. No doubt. And then they start talking to other people about you and, Again, I'm I'm not a marketing expert. I'm not on that page, but that's just the way I thought to talk to people. I didn't I didn't think that this was going to turn into something big. It was just me, just like you guys talking basketball, and then the next thing I know, this is turned into something huge.
1: Yeah, exactly. And how was the learning curve trying to learn how to post on the app?
0: Oh man! Again, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm more of a I'm, I am more of an OG, so. It was a, I, and I'm still learning as I go. So, you know, I had to figure out what to, how to stitch. I had to figure out how to oh, duet. Yeah. And I had to figure yeah. out all of these things as I was going. And, you know, my niece, she calls me and she's like, Uncle J- yo, what are you doing with this? I'm like, Listen, I don't know what I'm doing here. So can you show <laughs> me how to do this right here? Can you show me how this works? And she's 11. So she's like, You do this and you do that. Next thing I know, I'm stitching and I'm duetting and I'm still learning as I go, but it's been, it's been great.
1: Just to let you know, the way to get people to, to be able to stitch your videos before you go and post your video, there's yeah. going to be an option that says allow stitch uh, on yours since, you know, I've been on your page that you can't, you know, stitch your videos. That is like Gray. You just press that button and then it turns green. That's how you allow people to stitch your video.
0: Ah, uh, yeah,
1: I know uh, that you've been like trying to learn how to do that. So right, yeah, that's how you I do have
0: it. Yeah, now I know. So, okay. <laughs> we're in business.
1: So you used we're to play business. basketball too. And just for the people out there, your your name is Jermaine Womack because I actually listened to you as on a as a guest on another podcast, and that's how I found that out. And you used to play basketball. You played high school. You played in college, and you played in overseas in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So tell me wow. about your playing days.
0: Well, I'm born and raised in Jersey City, so I'm from Jersey. I uh, I went to St. Anthony High School. Oh. Uh,
1: that's a basketball school too, traditionally. Yeah, I
0: went to St. I went to St. Anthony High School. My senior year, we uh we finished number 2 in the country. Yeah, we finished number 2 in the country. Um uh, from there, I went on and played junior college basketball up in Vermont at a place called Champlain College. I played 2 years there. We uh we finished number 8 in the country. In the two years that I was there, we lost to go to we lost to go to the final four. Um, I did well up there. And then from there, I went on and played two years at Utah State. Hmm. We uh, we ended up winning the regular season championship my my junior year in 95. And then from there, I played in Ireland. I played a little bit in Belgium and I played in Greece.
2: What was your position?
0: Played two guard. OK. Yep. And how tall are you? Guard.
1: Six, four, six, five.
0: Flatfoot, foot six three, which he was on about six four and a quarter.
1: For those that are out there, a NBA player right now went to Saint Saint Anthony's. Kyle Anderson, slow mo. He went mm-hmm. there as well. Slow he mo. was really good. He was he really? was one of the top recruits.
2: Was was your coach Hurley at the time, or he wasn't there yet?
0: That was him, yes sir.
1: Uh, wow, it was wow, Hurley. My senior man.
0: year, I was on the team. I was on the my senior year. I was I was with uh, the UConn head basketball coach Danny Hurley. We were we mm, were on the team. Wow, buddy. wow, that's
2: yeah. awesome. That's
1: crazy. And that's a long way. And Hurley just retired, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, I think because the school closed down. If I'm not the school
1: did close down? I
2: think so, it yeah. Is.
1: Wow, that's my, crazy. my brother
2: used to uh, was going there. Okay, sweet. No, not for like
1: basketball.
3: Oh, uh, okay. Just yeah. going there just because? Academics. All right, sweet. Hey, that's just as good.
1: And who are your favorite NFL and NBA teams?
0: Uh, I believe 49 of Red. And um, I don't have an NBA team particularly because these guys move around so much. Mm. I but when that. I was a kid, I was a big time Philadelphia 76er fan because they had Doc and they had Moses. So I was I was a big Philly fan. And then, uh, like, the, like I said, the guys started moving around and I couldn't really pick a team. But I was a huge Nick. I, I, my uncle turned me on to the New York Knicks as I got older, but I haven't been to a Nick game. <laughs> this is actually interesting. My. I'm in the seventh grade, and my uncle comes to get me, he takes me to a preseason game. New York Knicks just got Patrick Ewing. Mm. So I'm super excited. Going to watch Ewing. They play against the Indiana Pacers. Ewing gets in a fight and gets thrown out of the game. No way. I haven't no. been to a Knick game since.
1: <laughs> you just. You, you were always scared to. You weren't going to be able to see the star player.
0: I haven't been to a Knick game since. That's crazy. So who, wait, who, been,
1: who, <laughs> who's your favorite players
2: in the NBA right now? If you can't pick a team.
0: I'm a huge James fan. Uh,
1: James, LeBron I, James or James yes. Harden? Yes, the real yeah, King James. I was so confused. The real I, King James. You know, <laughs> I got you, OG. I,
0: I, I so I get so confused sometimes because I keep forgetting that he's he's LeBron. That's what he. I, I keep calling him James because that's his last hey, name. James is James Harden. Right, and James is James Harden. Right. So
2: cat. LeBron oh, it I, is cat. It is
3: no, it's not. Come on.
0: So LeBron's my guy. He, he's my LeBron's my favorite, but. I'm a huge Leonard fan Mm. called Kawhi. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Kawhi fan. Mm -hmm. Um, I dig what Luka is doing. Uh, Tatum, I dig him. Definitely. Um, What's your opinion on Giannis? I I dig Embiid. He's awesome. Giannis is also awesome. I dig him. He looks like Um, Embiid guy. Dame is is one of my favorites in terms of backcourt players. And Irv.
3: Haven't heard Steph yet, OG. He
0: said Irv. I was was getting to that. Okay, okay. (laughs) I was getting to okay. it. On our,
1: on our last podcast, we had this debate about Giannis and how much his legacy would, would you know get a boost if he were to win a championship along with finals MVP. But we had trouble trying to think about what position do we list him at. Is it small forward? Is it power forward? Is it center? Uh we landed on power forward. Would you agree with that position yeah. for him?
0: Yeah. I, I, I think he's a he's an upgraded version of the power forward because of his ability to defend and his ability to rebound Mm. and his ability to do the dirty work because a lot of three men don't do that. That is the primary role of the power forward. And Giannis does that, Mm -hmm. even though the way he gets up and down the floor and the way he handles the basketball, particularly in transition doesn't make him look like the traditional four man, but I would, I would, I would rate him as a power forward. Absolutely.
1: And now transitioning to the NBA finals, the Suns took game one. The Bucs were really good from three that game. They shot 44%, but Giannis, he was still injured even though he did his thing. I had this prediction before the series that I do think the Phoenix Suns will win the NBA championship because I think they have the personnel to guard Giannis. I think Monty Williams is a genius offensive head coach, and I think he's a better coach than Budenholzer. And when you have evenly matched teams and you got that coaching edge, I think that team wins. And I was impressed. Game one was really impressive. They won by thirteen points, and the game. I'm 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 sorry to
0: interrupt. Yeah, but the game wasn't. If anybody watched it, or they only saw the box score, the game that thirteen points. It wasn't. It was way worse than that. So don't let that that fool you. I don't think that that Milwaukee ever really, especially when in the second half, they ever really had a shot. Yeah, when they called that when when when. Phoenix called that timeout when Milwaukee cut it to nine. That was just to regroup the troops. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that they had, I didn't think that Phoenix had lost control or were losing control of the game. No, they were still in very much control of that game. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I hope that the Suns do do it because one of my favorite players of all time is Chris Paul, but we had this Mm -hmm. debate that we think Giannis would benefit more from the championship than Chris Paul in terms of resume and legacy-wise because it would just jump him over. So I want to start with this question. If the Bucks do win and Giannis does get that championship along with finals MVP, do you think he goes into that? He he enters that top five power forward of all time conversation.
0: Not yet. He's still got work to do. He's called. He, he's getting there. He, but having a championship does wonders for his career. Absolutely. But he's if he quit today. I don't think that he would be in the top five of power forwards all time. No. Even though he's got two league MVPs and a defensive player of the year, he's still got a lot more work to do. T- he t- needs t- to get all-stars. Tell me tell yeah, me five in
2: front teams. of him. If he w- Hypothetically, let's say he wins the chip. He gets to find those MVP. What would still be the five in front of him?
0: Duncan. Obviously, Milan, yeah. KG. Barkley. Dirk.
3: You and- have Barkley. You have uh, KG over Barkley?
0: I do have KG over okay. Barkley. Yes, sir. He was a better defender than Charles and he was a better defensive player than Charles.
1: Yep. So you don't think Giannis, like if you're just let's go off who's the better player. You do you think Barkley is the better player than Giannis, or you just think I do. For right now, he just has a better resume. That's
0: all. He just got a better resume. That's all. Okay. And I think that Giannis plays on both even though that that doesn't dis, that doesn't diminish what Charles was because Charles was incredible. I think he's one of Five players or four players in NBA history with twenty thousand points and ten thousand boards. So there are mm-hmm. not a lot of guys who have done that. So Giannis still has more work to do. I don't know if if Charles is a is a better overall player than Giannis, but when his time was, he was awesome. And 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 I do think if Giannis continues what he if he wins a championship and he continues to do what he's doing, I think that he can knock Charles out. So you
2: don't you, you don't think. Defensively, being at how dominant Giannis is, it puts some over guys like Dirk and Barkley. Maybe not KG because KG was just as good defensively. But you don't think it puts him over the offensive power forwards?
0: Not yet. And the reason why I feel like that is because, as of right now, mm-hmm. this is what it is. We're talking about Dirk Nowitzki, who had a 20-year career. That's now, true. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm not a really big fan of a guy in Dirk Nowitzki who was seven feet, and never averaged double figures rebounds in the regular season. However, for somebody to do it at that clip for that long, for twenty years. Well, we can also say that the last maybe four or five years was a wash. But mm, for like maybe twelve
1: <laughs> they were.
0: Maybe twelve to fifteen years. That's still he, a was, long time. He, was, he was one of those guys. But with that being said, I think Giannis has I think Giannis has a lot of work. He got, he got a lot more work to do. He's getting close though. It's not like it's miles away. I think he's got a lot of work to do. Kind of like what I just mentioned about Steph Curry when we talked about shooters a little, a little while ago where Ray Allen is the best catch and shoot guy that I've ever seen. Steph Curry off the bounce is the best long ball shooter that I've ever seen. And it's not close. It's every, it's Steph. And then it's everybody else. And it's not close. And, and I know that people want to talk about Dame Lillard and Hulk. it's not close. There's no defense for a guy who can accurately shoot from 30 feet off the bounce but we could get back to what we just got from the
4: show.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the NBA Finals, I had the Suns in five. My friend over here, Riv, had the Bucs. Drew also had the Bucs. Yep. Who did you have before the series? And are you leaning uh, away from your prediction if you did have the Bucks?
0: I had the Bucks in six. I didn't. And, and that was before Giannis got hurt because okay. I saw what they were doing against Atlanta and I felt like this is the best team that Giannis has ever been on. No doubt. And... This is his best opportunity. I don't know if he's going to get an opportunity like this with everybody being hobbled and with his team being as healthy as they are. And they're a better defensive team this year than they were last year when he won defensive play of the year. So I'm thinking this is the best opportunity that he has. Now, when he comes back after his knee injury, when I saw him a couple of nights ago, he still looked like he had a lot of bounce in him. And Giannis's game is predicated on flight and athleticism. So if he can be 70, maybe 80% of what he was, I still think that they have a really good shot. The problem that we're having is offensively, I need more of an output from Drew Holiday. Mm, We can't have Drew what we can't have is we can't have Phoenix go 81 from their big three and I get 10 points from my starting two guard in Drew Holiday. That's not going to get it done. We don't have a chance. Absolutely not. When Middleton is going 29 and Giannis is going 20 and almost 20 and 20 And then I get 10 points on four from, I'm sorry, what was it? One for five from three. So the problem that we're having with them is we need more of an an offensive output from Drew Holiday. In addition, in addition to them guys getting on the backboard, Drew Holiday finds himself a lot of times, because this is how Milwaukee plays. They're they're a team that shoots the long ball. So Drew Holiday falls into that track where he starts shooting the long ball, even though that's not his game. Mm -hmm his game is in the mid-range and going to the basket. And he gets himself thrown off because he gets involved in that a lot of times. When I mean, if he can get back to his game, I think they got a really good shot.
1: Yeah, and I think just the I, I thought it was absurd for Budenholzer to start Lopez after what he's seen Chris Paul do to Jokic, to Zubac, to Andre Drummond and Marcus All and play drop coverage in the finals. I like that he went and he played small later and had Giannis at the five. I think that's the Bucks' best shot, switching everything and playing small because Drew Holiday, he's a great defender, but if he gets screened, there's nothing he can really do. And Budenholzer is a guy who has been known not to adjust. So I hope that he does adjust. I don't know how many minutes Lopez can play in this series. I know he stretches the floor, but I think their best shot is with Giannis at the five.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. Why are we switching my five man onto my point guard, mm. 25 feet away from the basket. Makes Why are we sense. doing this? Mm. Chris Paul is not going to, if Chris Paul, if, if if we got a pick and pop action with Chris Paul, 25 feet away from the basket, they're running that for them to switch. There's no reason to switch. Just go underneath the screen. If Chris Paul cracks that, we'll live with it. We'll absolutely live with that. As That's opposed to we're just going to switch this. Well, now I got my five man, 27 feet away from the basket. Chris Paul is making a beeline to him. Yeah. Now my rim protector and my defender and my rebounder is gone. He's 25 feet away from the basket. There has to be an adjustment to that.
1: Yeah. And that's why DeAndre Ayton has been playing so well all playoffs. He's getting these wide open lob attempts, layup attempts. Also, I think we have seen so much growth from Ayton in terms of his aggressiveness. Chris Paul and Monty Williams have really done wonders for his career, but he always had the talent too. And I think, in this playoff run and in the finals, he showed just that. He showed why he should have been the number one pick and why he was the number one pick.
0: I was huge. I was a huge eight guy when he was coming out of college. I saw potential Olajuwon wow. when I saw him coming out of college. and I mean, he was, what was it, he was 18 and 11 last year? The mm-hmm. problem was that that was just a bad team. And I don't know what they were doing with him offensively. And it looked like Chris Paul kind of gave him, he gave him, he put that battery in his back to tell him that this is what I need you to do. And I'm with you. And he's been doing that. So as a young player who at this stage of his career in year three, I mean, he's still trying to prove that he could stick. He's not one of those guys who's an eight year vet. That's been to the all-star game three or four times. He's still trying to prove that he can stick. So at this stage, this is a guy who, in my opinion, He could definitely be one of the better players in the game.
1: So the Suns won game one, game two is tonight. Riff, have you changed your stance on what you think the Bucs are going to do? You still have the Bucs in this series. Suns
2: won every game one since the first round. I can't change after game one. I got to see after game two, the adjustment game, and then I'll make my decision. You know that
1: there's a stat out there that says that um, over the past four finals, the first player to score, that team has lost. And Giannis scored the first bucket. So, Drew, you're not changing your no, stance. You still two. have the Bucks.
3: No, I believe okay. that they were going to lose Game 1 regardless, with or without Giannis. The Suns have just looked really dominant in Game 1. Uh, but I'd I look for, for Milwaukee to definitely change things up in Game 2. They made some adju- uh, adjustments late in, in Game 1, and it looked to, uh, to, to help them out a little bit. Not too much. Obviously, Chris Paul was just having his way that night. But I look for Game 2 to be a lot different. Look for Giannis to be more involved. I re- like you mentioned about Drew Holiday, I mentioned on the last show, as, as crucial as his offense is, I think this all-world defender that he's supposed to be needs to be more prominent in this series. You can't yeah. have Chris Paul having the game of his life. You can't have Devin Booker having an elite scoring night. And, and you're out there dropping 10 points. You need to do something for me. And I mentioned him being the most important player in this series. And listen, Giannis is probably going to be the best player if the Bucks want to win. But I firmly believe Drew needs to be the most important player in this series because he has to deal with Paul and he has to deal with Devin Booker.
1: And he's now going don't to have don't sold, don't get don't now. fall
0: into the trap of what devin Booker did in game one because that eight for 21 was not only was it not efficient he made a lot of tough shots yep and a lot of the stuff that he got was in transition so in the half court drew and middleton made it really tough on him mm. so it wasn't like he was getting whatever he wanted mm-hmm. I thought drew did a good job of keeping him off balance okay I thought drew did a good job of keeping the ball away from him. Mm-hmm. And when he got the ball, it was it was late in the shot clock a lot of times, mm-hmm. so he had to take shots that he wasn't really feeling taken. So don't let that 27 points and that eight for 21 fool you. He, he, I thought he did a good job on him. Now, the question is, is what are we gonna adjust to? Because again, Book went one for eight on a long ball. I don't got him taking eight threes again. Not tonight, I don't. Mm-hmm. Because that's, because if he's taking eight threes and going, I don't know, two for 10, I don't, if, if you got eight and going twenty and twenty, I mean this this, this year they're gonna be quick work.
3: And one thing I seen from from Drew Holiday, he has trouble on the pick and roll defense. We saw it against Atlanta; they were screening him to death, and, and Trey was just getting his way. We seen Chris Paul do the same thing in Game One. At what point do you just think that you got to fight over the screen, try and and save Brooke Lopez, try and save Giannis from having to 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 go like you mentioned twenty five, you know, feet from the basket? You don't need that. What do you think Drew Holiday's got to do there?
0: They Don't teach pick and roll defense that's in the pros. True. Definitely. They true. don't. They don't teach how to if you notice, and I remember this when G- when when LeBron had to deal with Kevin Durant in the finals, yep. where they were running switches, where Kevin Durant ended up getting switched on to Kevin Love.
3: And that's barbecue and chicken. Yep. Instead
0: of and it wasn't like it was a screen where LeBron was getting screened and somebody was diving to the basket. It was just to get Kevin Love onto him. Yep. It's very simple in the aspect that all you have to do is just get around the screen. Mm -hmm. If he shoots that, if you go under it and he shoots that, we'll live with that.
3: No doubt.
0: We'll live with the long ball. Now, it sounds a lot easier than it looks. Correct. But that's something that should be done. And what Drew can do, because I think Drew Holiday is an elite defender, what he can do is get around screens. Fight around screens. Brooke Lopez is an all-league defender. Talk to each other. Not so much as Hedge, because when, again, you're that far away from the basket, what what am I chasing you away from? We're, he's 22 feet away from the basket. Why am I chasing him away? Is, is he going to shoot from out there? All right. If he shoots from out there, we'll live with that. You're going to have to give up something. Mm. And whatever it is that you give up, especially from out there, we'll live with that.
1: Yeah, Drew Holiday has to do what Pat Bev did against the book, in the Western Conference finals where he's fighting over every screen. But where I do push back a little bit is that I don't know if going under is the answer because Chris Paul is shown to take that three and hit it like at Keep a consistent rate.
0: Keep hitting it. We'll live with that. Fact, Keep though, hitting it. Chris Paul is what? 35% for his career shooting the long ball. Keep shooting it. That's what I live with. I'll live with that. It's kind of I... like, it's kind of like Giannis it's kind of like Giannis in transition. If I can stop Giannis and I can get him to shoot the mid range, I'll live with that. I'll mm-hmm. live with that all night long. If I can get Giannis to shoot threes, I'll live with that. If I can get Chris Paul behind the long ball line, shooting six, seven, eight long balls. Absolutely. I'll live with that. Cause now what that is for us, that's long rebounds and that's them in transition defense, yep. which can create fouls for us. So I'll live with that. Absolutely. So OG,
1: what's your prediction for tonight? And do you still have the bucks winning the series?
0: Well, I think that Phoenix could win this game. I think the Bucs could win it too, but I'd like, I want to see how Giannis comes out because him with the, with the, with his game, everything they do is predicated on him. I mean, he's their best defense player. He's their best rebounder. He's their best scorer. He's everything to them. So if he's coming out with the bounce that he has, then I give them a great chance. What I don't like is I don't like them putting – I don't like them not putting enough pressure on Aiton. If they can put more pressure on Aiton to play defensively, I think they got a great shot to win tonight. Uh, Have a great shot to win.
2: I had a question for you, OG. I know we was talking about this a couple weeks ago. You know, these young players balling out in this year's playoffs, Donovan Mitchell, Luka, Devin Booker. This ring, would this put Devin Booker in the superstar conversation? going forward, or do you think he still needs to prove himself more, being that this is his first playoff run, he's 26 years old, and Chris Paul was technically the leader for this squad?
0: Well, I think that all rings count. I'm not one of these people who falls into the narrative that well, you got to do it by yourself, or I mean, Devin Booker, he hasn't been very efficient in these playoffs. This is his first time coming, this is his first time ever being in the playoffs, so he hasn't been very efficient, but that doesn't negate the fact that I was the starting two guard on an on a, on a NBA championship team. Right. And that puts him above guys, not just who haven't, that puts him above guys who are level to him because he's done that. Now, can he sustain that is the million-dollar question. And once he becomes, a, if he becomes a champion, can he sustain that? Because what can't happen, my man, is he can't win the NBA championship this year and then we never hear from him again.
1: I don't think that'll yeah. happen. I, mean, it's, it's about, I don't think that'll happen either. Yeah, it's about Devin I don't think Booker. It's about Devin Booker adding layers to his game. He now has to become a, a better defender because in these playoffs he hasn't really been a good defender either. He hasn't been a good defender for his entire career. Yep. I've seen these though.
2: He's tried yeah, on defense. I, he
1: has, but I know that there's this growing narrative that people want to start comparing him to Kobe. But Kobe was an all world player at twenty one years old. Yeah. And he was an all-world defender throughout his entire career. They only compare Kobe and Devin Booker because Devin Booker makes tough mid-range shots. But in all actuality, as players, D-Book is not close. He really isn't close.
3: Just because Kobe has the edge defensively 100%, percent on am I think, I think that
2: people compare them because of the, the skill set on Correct. offense and the Correct. way they get their shots. You know, Devin Booker loves the mid-range game. Kobe was like this. So I, I can see the similarities. I don't think they're the same player because mm. Kobe was a two-way demon. Yep. But... I think the similarities are there on offense
0: alone, just offense. You actually comparing them because you saw Kobe talking to him. You had no comparison with him in book last year or when Kobe Bryant was around. None of, none of us was looking at book going, that's the next Kobe Bryant, right? There. I don't we know. We saw him talking to Kobe Bryant Next thing we know, you know what? Maybe he could be as good as Kobe. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it was
1: Clay Thompson at first. That was his first comparison coming into the process. Right. It was Clay Thompson. I'm not saying he's
3: Kobe OG. I'm just saying he is one of the best scorers in the league we have right now, and so Absolutely. it's it's understandable that you look at Kobe, who's obviously one of the best scorers of all time, and you see a guy like Devin Booker, who early in his career dropped 72 points on a on a Celtics team that he lost. It, it's he did lose, but he he. Uh, uh, excuse me, MJ lost, <laughs> dropping 63 in the and playoffs. a playoff Don't do that. He still drops. Uh, that's the playoff record, 63 in he, he did, lost. But,
0: but, but, he, but he did win when he dropped 69 on Cleveland, though.
3: That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. But regardless of the fact, that son's team was, was still bad. <laughs> he was still the guy. My point being, now he's got a good team. He's still mm-hmm. being efficient. And, excuse me. He's mm-hmm. still getting the buckets, still getting the points. Not as efficient as of recent. I feel like this Clipper series is where I've seen the numbers take a dip. Definitely. The first two games of that Clipper series, he was definitely, I felt as if he was more efficient than he was in games three, four, five, and six. But even still, I feel like, you know, you average 25 plus and your team is still winning games with relatively ease. You still got to give him his respect there.
0: I thought Pat Beverly did a really good job. No
3: doubt. Definitely. I
0: I thought he did a really good job of making it difficult on because you're not going to stop a guy yeah, especially no at that level because mm-hmm. you can possibly make it difficult on him and maybe slow him down but I don't think you're going to stop a guy at that
1: level yeah I don't know if I'd call Devin Booker a superstar I think he's trending that way but I don't know if I could call him a superstar here's a million dollar question for all of you guys these are three players I, I just thought up thought of uh, randomly right now Devin Booker versus Bradley Beal and Trey Young who's the best one out of all those three
3: Trey Young I'm gonna go Trey Young because he can do more.
1: Okay, you, you two OG. Okay, now here's the second Trey. question: As a scorer, who's better, Bradley Beal or Devin Booker? Wow. I think
0: I think Bradley Beal is a better scorer.
1: That's tough. It is tough. You know, it is tough. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a lean D book because
3: I'm a lean D book because I feel like the ability to make tougher shots, I lean D book in that sense. Feel like it's a shame that he's he's kind of dipped off with his efficiency these these last few games because he's been killing. Other than that, he killed Denver, he killed LA. Uh, it, it, that's really tough. But I think Eileen Booker just because his ability to make tough shots.
2: Yeah, not uh, yeah. It's that's a tough question, and
1: they're around the same age too. I feel like
2: you know I I want I've seen Devin Booker in the playoffs, and I feel like the old Bradley Bill in the playoffs is not the guy we have right now. No doubt, he's a completely different player than yep. what he was. But I think. You know, leading the league in scoring and scoring another 30 in the next year. I think we have to put that in consideration.
1: He never led the league in scoring. Oh, he was just... No, this past this past season it was Steph. Uh, last year it was James Harden. Oh, he was just yeah. up there. Okay. He Let's, was second each Brad, year though.
2: So being the second... Excuse me. Thank you. Being the second leading scorer in the league, I think I got to go Brad Bill.
1: Go Brad Bill? Yeah. Okay.
2: It's close though.
1: I think I, it, it is close because they both have similar games. They're not... Extremely efficient from three. They're both great mid-range scorers. Not great I think either. Bradley Beal is way more athletic than D-Book, though. Yeah. Like, Bradley yeah. Beal has that explosiveness. Man, it is it is tough, though. It is really tough. It is tough. So, on to oh, the wait, next hold topic. hold on.
2: Before we get off this topic of Devin Booker. OG, I got a question for you. Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> oh, that's simple for me. I, I think
0: it's Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, Man, it thank is. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's that's simple for me. Donovan is he's dynamic, man. He's a better athlete than book.
3: Yep, That uh, hurts you. No, it doesn't. I mean, listen, Donovan's amazing, and it's a shame that he got hurt because probably his team probably would have won the series. You really want to do that? I think um, no. I'm saying Donovan would have won if they were healthy. No, I ankle, think
1: he, nah, I ankle, think they, I think they still lose because they were trapping Donovan. I think if Mike Conley was healthy, they would have won though. That was, he was yeah. the Fair difference. In that yeah. Series. Yeah. Very he, true.
2: He's
0: their primary ball.
1: And, and the yeah. way the Clippers adjusted Dynamic. to go Bears. I mean, even on also. the bad
0: ankle, Donovan had like
2: 39.
3: He was, but it was a he was, was definitely inefficient in the series. A, he's, he's amazing for sure.
1: Yeah. I actually want to talk about that because we're on the subject of that Utah Jazz series. And I think this is a perfect segue to this uh topic. Not the best team to ever win an, to not win a championship, but this other one. In the playoffs, each year we see players have fantastic playoff performances. Last year in the bubble, it was Tyler Hero. He was getting hyped up as the next big thing. And then we see players play bad in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, everybody diminishes their value. That ha- That's happening right now with Ben Simmons. Happened that's happening George. with Chris Te- Chris Porzingis. It happened with Paul George. Now, all of a sudden, Jimmy Butler isn't on Paul George's level because he had a bad playoff series. And it also happened with Rudy Gobert. And because Quint Snyder... <laughs> just made a bad coaching decision that exposed gobert people now pin the entire blame on gobert and think he's this liability on defense but og i saw you make make a video when gobert is off the floor the jazz are one of the worst defenses in the league when he's 27, on it yeah. what
0: are they third third from last when he's yeah. off the floor third from last when he's, and when he's on he's, the floor when he's on the they're floor number like three
1: okay They're yeah, third yeah. Wow. so they're one of the best defenses when he's on the floor But because the playoffs happen, people totally forget their value. So let's start with the hot topic first. Let's start with Ben Simmons. What is Ben Simmons' value now after we've seen what he's he's done in the playoffs? Drew, I know you're a huge Ben Simmons lover, so I want to see you go first. (laughs) I just
3: think that because he's not as aggressive as a scorer, people like to insinuate that he's not this all-world ball player. Now, when you impact the game in other ways— that still means something to me. I understand he's not the ball scorer, but you know, when you're the point guard, you don't necessarily have to be that primary ball scorer, especially when you're on a team where you have Embiid, who is a 30 point per game scorer. You have Tobias Harris, who is a 20 plus point per game scorer. You have Seth Curry, who is an amazing three point shooter right now in our league. It's, he can do his job of facilitating the offense. He can run the pick and roll with Joel Embiid. He can be the best, arguably, the best defender in the league next to Gobert, next to Anthony Davis, next to Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's he does things more. he he does a lot of other things other than score the basketball. Listen, if he scored the basketball, he would be a top 10 player in this league, no doubt, because he has so many if he could score the basketball, Riv Come You're on. Fighting,
0: whoa, 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 you fighting that? Exactly. Yeah, He's ten?
3: he could he, if, he, he, if, he, if he could shoot, he would be LeBron James.
0: Laffer? No, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, don't on, know bro, bro. I, I don't know about that, that. He has, whoa, whoa, <laughs> I'm not saying he would be LeBron <laughs>
3: Listen, OG, I, I got LeBron's my favorite player ever. I'm saying the fact that he has size, he has the speed, the athleticism, the ability to play defense, one through five. You guys like to fight me on that, but I'm going to stand by that. He definitely could. Rebounding, passing, I think what he's can't a little, he do I think except he's, score the basketball?
1: Not LeBron, I think a little worse Giannis if he had an okay okay jump shot.
3: I just think that uh, that Ben's a way better passer. That's why I, can't, I feel like Giannis, it's not disrespect to call him Giannis. Obviously, Giannis is one of the best ball players in the league. If we're, we're being honest,
1: ben, ben Simmons right now, he should be a— Twenty three eight and eight guy.
3: I'm with you. And I'm with that's you. just
1: the bottom line. He shouldn't be that fourteen point per game score. He because right the now.
3: fact that Giannis is still averaging twenty eight <clears throat> points per game and he doesn't have a jump shot. It's Ben Simmons should be doing that exact same thing. He's just not as aggressive. <laughs> be- I, I'm glad I got OG <laughs> defending
2: me. OG came in. He's like, no, "Come on, you, don't you, disrespect you said Ben." A couple things that just kind of like I was just like, "Wow, I was
0: a little let's hear it then because we're all ears."
2: Yeah, because Ben Simmons, the type of player he is, like just him. I don't. I feel like you know you say he can be on the same defensive level as Anthony Davis, Giannis. I don't think so. I think his defense is a little bit overrated. I don't think he can guard. One through five, like Anthony Davis or Giannis. Anthony Davis and Giannis are more prone to guard. You think bigs. Anthony Davis could guard Trey Young? No, I don't think he can guard guards, but I think they're more prone to guard bigs, which Ben Simmons can't. Ben Simmons can't guard Trey Young either. He I, can't I'm guard a you. lot of players too quick, but not either. many people can guard Trey Young right now. Oh no, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Neither mm-hmm. neither one can guard guards, but I don't mm-hmm. think Ben can guard bigs as, okay. as opposed Anthony Davis and Giannis can guard bigs. And I think with Ben Simmons, you know, you saying him he can be more aggressive. Yeah, he may be more aggressive, but his jump shot is still, you know, not good in in a, in a league like this. I'm not gonna say you No, I'm gonna say you kinda need a jump shot to be a top ten aside from Giannis, most guys in The top 10 have a jump shot, whether it be a mid range or three ball or both. So, yep. I don't, I can't sit here and say Ben Simmons is going to just jump into the top 10 because he's just going to be more aggressive. I want him to be more aggressive. That would definitely, I put. said, if he could shoot, he could be top 10. But also, what type he
1: could what, shoot. what, like, when you say shoot, what do we mean? Do we mean mid- he range. don't shoot I'm mid, anything? I'm with you. No, he used this, to, this and the, that's when
3: he used to get buckets. Then something happened to his mental, and he just decided, I'm not going to do question, it anymore. Though.
1: Are we talking about shooting thirty percent from the three, which is what Giannis is shooting? Are we mm-hmm. talking about shooting average, which is thirty-five percent? What type of shot?
3: I just need him to start taking attempts. The fact that he's not letting any go is mind boggling, truthfully.
0: I think it's valuable. Well, first of high. all. Well, well first of all, the game before game I think it was game six, Ben Simmons did hold Trey Young to thirty eight percent from the floor. So I want to start there. Now. Ben Simmons reminds me of that guy that's in his head. Because Ben works on his game. Ben's not just this, this guy who's showing up. He works on his game. I'm, I'm sure of that. But he's one of those guys who, if it's not working right from the beginning, he goes away from it. And yep. he goes right back to what he's used to doing. You know, Mike Tyson said it. You know, everybody got to plan until they get punched in the face. Perhaps. So Ben Simmons goes right back to what he's used to doing. If Ben could put a mid-range, in his game and trust it, I think he would be unguardable.
3: No doubt about that.
0: Just strictly off the fact of how he can create shots for other people and how he can get to the basket. I mean, he did have 13 assists in game seven. Yes, sir. I mean, we, can, we, we, yeah. we, we can't take that and off a the lot of no, his he's, guys. He's a a been lot been of his so, guys oh, oh, oh. missed
3: wide open shots in that game. too. He did really have 13
0: assists in that game. And not to mention, ben, how many guys in the NBA, this has been what, fourth year? How many 24. two-time All Stars and three three-time All League defenders do we have at this age? And you just want to hand them over? Exactly. And I, I, I
1: think I'm, I'm glad. I'm, good on it. I'm so glad you brought that up. Hand them over. That's the that's a key word right there because there was this trade recently that was on Twitter that started to trend that Philadelphia rejected Ben Simmons for Malcolm Brogdon Ew. in the first round pick, and everybody was Ew. like, "Why would, Why would Philly that? reject that trade?" And I'm over here thinking. Why would they accept it? No that's sense. the that's the last resort. That's the worst possible scenario one because Ben, ben Simmons is a better player than Malcolm Brogdon. Cringe. He he's a better player than Malcolm Brogdon. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon can fit better next to Embiid, but Simmons is a better player. He's also younger. He too. has more potential. Exactly. True. True. Not only that, but if Philly really does want to trade Ben Simmons, they have to get a star player. And in any trade package for maybe a Dame, for a Bradley Beal, for one of these top stars, Ben Simmons has to be involved. So why would you sell yourself short if you're Philly and just accept Malcolm Brogdon? It makes well, no sense. Well, because it's a knee
0: jerk, it's a knee jerk reaction because Ben wouldn't shoot and Brogdon actually has a mid range game. Yep. So we figure let's get him and get Ben out of here and completely disregarding what we're giving up when we get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And it makes no sense whatsoever. I wasn't a fan of that trade. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> no,
1: I'm straight. Thank you though. Yeah, Trey Younger would have dropped for 40 on Brogdon.
2: Would he? Dude. <laughs> Brogdon. If he
1: did that to, to Ben, he would have dominated Brogdon. But that's why I, that's what I feel about Ben Simmons. Like I like, I still like Ben Simmons as a player, but I think he needs a new environment. And if I were a no, team, I don't agree. Either, I, I no. do. The, the reason why I no. do is that I want a team to actually build around Ben and say, here, you have the keys, we're going to space the floor, play five out, and now play kind of like how you envisioned Magic would have played in today's era. And that's what
0: Philly does with, with, with Embiid. He shoots 40% from the three. It's not like he's parked on the box every game, yep. every trip. No, that's the same thing that Philly does. They play five wide all the time. Yep. Yeah, that's so, true,
1: but I, I would like to see him with more agile players because I think Embiid, yeah, he's a phenomenal shooter, but I think he does clog the paint because he can't get out of it as quickly as... Like a small ball five, I would
3: you take Embiid over a small ball five any day. No, of, the of course, week. but
1: I'm saying if I think for Ben Simmons to reach his ceiling, he needs to be that guy that has the keys to the team. One thing I will
3: say that I will go off your point: whenever Embiid misses some time, we see Ben actually be aggressive because he knows he has to be the focal point of the offense when his thirty point per game center is not going to be there, and it, I think that's. And that's what I'm saying. Exactly. When when Embiid doesn't they play, fight. they were still winning. They were still the first seed in the East. It's not like Embiid left and they just suddenly forgot how to play basketball. They were still winning. Uh Ben Simmons was still being aggressive. It's it's when Embiid's there, he defers because Doc has said it that Joel Embiid's their best scorer. And listen, I'm not gonna say he isn't their best scorer, because he definitely is, because he can do it in so many ways. It's just that when he's on the floor, Ben needs to realize I'm good at I'm
2: I'm good at scoring. I just need to do it. So can I ask a question? This is You guys said this is Ben's fourth year, but re- realistically probably his fifth or sixth year in the NBA because he missed a year. Four. Yeah, f- five four. technically. Five. Okay, he's 24 years old, like you said. he's Freshman in college too, so give he's, him, he's, give him he's, some time. He's 24 years old. He's been a two-time all-star. He's been on an all-defensive team. I think he's made an all-NBA third team, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. When What type of coach would it put that mindset in in his brain to be more aggressive like what does he really need to do because this is year five and they had a championship window this year with all those injuries they played atlanta i think we all can agree they should have beat atlanta definitely they were a number one seed so when does he decide you know all these young players coming up Devin booker donovan mitchell luca like they're starting to get their groove trey young even john Morant was showing a little something in the playoffs so when does ben actually take that next step because he has all the tools the physical tools yep he has the iq when is it Start the clip. So your logic
0: is 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 this is this it for Ben? The Ben that we see now is this it for him? Is that your logic?
2: That's what I'm asking. Yes.
0: Okay. So we're talking about a guy who how old? Is he, how old you said he was? Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. Oh, Twenty four. <clears throat> we still. We we still. What was he seven? He was seventeen and nine last year. This year he did make the. I don't think he made the All Star team. I think was was last still. year
1: he was fourteen eight yeah. and eight this year. He
0: was 14, 8, and eight. he was. I know he was, I think he was almost 17 and 9 last year. So that was the OMB being, year.
2: OMB 13 yeah. was last year.
0: Yeah. And with that being said, there is still room for growth with this guy, just Definitely. like there's room for growth with Booker, just like there's room for growth with Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Now, I've always been under the belief that by year five, mm-hmm. whatever we see from this guy, this is what you should expect. And what I mean when I say that is. They'll have better seasons, but this is who this guy is. So, if we're talking football, for example, by year five, if Eli Manning is 3,500 yards, this is probably who he is. Now, he might have a 4,000 yard season and another 4,200 yard season, but for the most part, this is who he is. So, I'm not expecting Ben Simmons to be 25 and eight or What's realistic for Ben? I think what's realistic for Ben is 19 and 18. 19, definitely. I I, I think that that's realistic where he can sustain that. And I think he can do that in Philly. The problem that we're having is is it's upstairs.
3: Yep, 100%. He doesn't
0: stick to what he's been working on when it doesn't work. He goes away from it. He's not trusting the work that he put in. And that's where we're... Because I'm sure that this guy is working on his mid-range. I'm sure he's working on his game. We've actually seen that in pickup games on YouTube and yeah. Twitter and things like that, we've seen this guy working on his game. So the question is: Is can he trust himself? Now, Ben Simmons has one more season with me, and the reason why I say that is because as my floor leader, I have to be able to trust you mentally. Right. And if we have an issue with you mentally, I can't build my team around you because that means that you're in, that means that you're unstable, which means my unit is unstable. So I can't build my unit around a guy of instability so he got one more season with me he can't come back next season the same guy now so yeah. if he does I have, to, I have a
3: question for you oh, hold on. it's it's, it's oh, based okay. on, yeah based no, off I that i think we might ask the same question low key, so right now his trade value is already pretty low let's say you wait that one season i'm saying this as a guy who supports ben and i don't believe philly should trade him god forbid he doesn't play to what we are expecting him to do next season his trade value is going to be even less than what it is now. And they're already talking about Malcolm Brogdon being a replacement or right now, the best thing that they could go out and do, which is obviously an amazing move, would be go and get a Dame or a CJ McCollum. If Dame seems a bit unrealistic, what, what do you get next season if he's not the guy?
0: You think that. Do you think that it'll be worse than what you saw this year? This dude has given up layups. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Do you think it could be worse yeah. than For sure. That? No, I, not I
3: wide open, seriously. wide open layups on a Trey Young <laughs> come who's yeah, yeah. So, come on, guy, I don't, I'm I don't with think you. it Could
0: be worse than that. I'm with you. So I'm thinking that we can only go up from here. No doubt. Not just him as a. That's why I'm not out just yet. No, me either. I think that there is progress for Ben. 100%. If there wasn't any progress, I would have already been like, "This guy is a wash." Let's get rid of it. But I do think there's there's progress. And I think that where we are now is the lowest point. So because this is the lowest point, it has to get better. Now, if he comes back and shows me a similar player next year as this year, then we have to start talking about moving him. And I'm sure his trade value will be higher because it won't be as bad as it is this year.
1: Okay, I'm on the team that Ben Simmons is what he's going to be which is what you mentioned, 18, 8, and 8, around there. There are only two players that I trade Ben Simmons for right now if I'm Philly. And there might be a few more, and I just might be slipping on their names, but these are the two. Damian Lillard, obviously one of them. CJ, I wouldn't. The other one is De'Aaron Fox. Can I ask you a question? Those are the two. Would you guys go Ben for Zach? That's tough, but I probably would because I think Zach Uh is special. No, I I'm think good Zach on is that.
0: And the reason the reason why I'm good on Zach, and the reason why I'm good on Zach is because I already have my perimeter scoring. Yep. Harris is great on the Harris is Harris That's is very good. good on the perimeter. I got my box work in MB. We're not that far away. And on top of that, we live in an age now where you know the Lakers of the 80s and the Bulls of the 90s, those teams don't exist anymore. So the idea of building it over years, like the Warriors. Those teams don't exist anymore. So we got a short window. So to bring in a guy like Dame or, 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 or D'Arian Fox, I already got the pieces. I'm good with what I have. We just got to now do it.
3: Especially if you trade Ben. Because we you, can't you,
0: keep this unit together too much longer. What we do you
3: think about D'Angelo Russell? I wouldn't do it because you're losing defense. You trade Ben, you're losing not only defense, you're losing hey, size, you for you're losing you Lowe, agility. You
1: well for Dame. But I think D'Lo is a bit more realistic, more realistic than Dame. I mean, I
3: feel like that is too. But do you think that Timberwolves are in a position to trade Delo right now? I don't no, think they they're are. not,
1: and I think they won't because that keeps they cat in time. they got D'Lo to because he's he's best friends with the Cat. Yeah, that keeps right? and, that's in why. Time. and they thought they were going to get
3: Devin Booker before the Suns actually started hooping.
1: Yeah. So the real question of this topic was: Should we discredit what a player does for an entire regular season just based off a playoff series? Because people have done that with Porzingis. Julius Randle. You did it with RJ Barrett, even though he's 20 years old. <laughs> OG. Boy, stinks. My Riv right here, he's not a believer in RJ Barrett because of a bad playoff series, even though he's All right, you're 21 years you're, old. You're exaggerating.
2: I didn't see that. And I he's shown
1: a... a ton of promise. But <laughs> regardless, we've seen that with Chris Porzingis, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert. So should we just discredit what they do in the regular season if they have a bad playoff series? Because that seems to be what a lot of people are doing right now. And I forgot to mention Paul George and Jimmy Butler as well. I don't, I don't also
2: Westbrook too. I don't think we should discredit a full season, but I think we should definitely look at it because when you pay a superstar, you pay him because you want him to lead you to the promised land. So a regular season is great. But in the end, you pay superstars because you they're performers in the playoffs. So you want them to perform for your team and you want them to lead you to the NBA championship. Now I don't think you should Disrespect or diminish a player because of one pl- bad playoff run, but I think repeated bad playoff runs. That's shooting, what you that's, did with Ben Russell Simmons. Russell Westbrook is yep. bad, repeated. You should I'm definitely start talking about. It, but yeah. I think when you pay a superstar, you pay for, you pay him to get you to the big dance, and having bad playoff series at the bad par- playoff series isn't gonna help that at all. Go ahead, OG. Well, we
0: also got to take under consideration who we're talking about here. Well, we got a guy in R.J. Barrett who's improved every year. And it's the first time he's been to the playoffs. Yep. All right. This is the first time he's been to the playoffs. And I think he's going to get better next year. That's first of all. Number two, you have set the standard in what greatness is. You're telling me that in order for me to be great, when do I have to do it? In the playoffs. You don't care about Jordan scoring 69 against Cleveland in January? Nope. You don't care about Kawhi Leonard going for 46 against San Antonio. Devin Booker,
3: 72 on the Celtics. You don't
0: care about that. You know what you do care about? You care about Jordan knocking down them six threes in the finals.
3: 100%. You
0: care about LeBron in game seven of of, of of the NBA finals against Golden State. That's what you care about. Now, that's what you hold in the highest regard. So that's where these guys are rated. Why is Tom Brady rated as high as he is? Why is Joe Montana rated as high as he is? And why isn't Peyton Manning rated higher than he is? Eight one and Duns in the playoffs.
3: You didn't have to go Eight there, OG. Them. You didn't have to go there, OG. I'm he's
0: a, sorry.
1: He's, a, pay, he's <laughs> a Peyton Manning fan that by the
3: OG.
0: And and I know this is a basketball show. Absolutely. Peyton no, Manning, we're both. We're both. The best, the, best pure path, the best pure passer that I've ever seen. I agree. Three-step drop, five-step drop. There he is. Hit him. He's the best that I've ever seen.
3: And the smartest, but, in my opinion.
0: What do, we, what do we rate these guys on? We rate these guys on what they do in the postseason. Yep. Let's pump the brakes on RJ Barrett because I think RJ Barrett is the future
2: oh my God. of the Knicks. I
0: think so I
3: too. I really do. I think so. I oh, too. gee, he just I, had one of a, a historically bad playoff. Nope.
1: Historically bad is a stretch. stretch. I didn't say that. It, it was That's really just bad. A bad but not historically it bad. It was really bad. He did bad, have a bad, bad one. It? it was a bad first run. So like, did absolutely. he have a single good game? And we don't talk enough about how much pressure it is to play in Madison Square Garden Very true. with that crowd. But you could say the same thing with Trey Young on the road. No, I agree. But I, look, Trey Young is, has different makeup than RJ. Trey Young is uh, different. But the way you my talk first about year of,
0: it's, it's my first trip to the playoffs, and it's my second year out of college. But Trae it's not
1: Young like I've been in the eight
0: years. This is my second year out of college, and it's my first trip to the playoffs. This, Never is done tra- this, this is Young's so,
3: first run at the playoffs, and it's his third year in the playoffs. And
0: now, I want not, not to mention, what's the standard in New York?
2: It's a high standard. New York 100%. is a big market. No, it's not. Market. You know why
0: it's not because the they've last been trash. The NBA championship was the year I was
1: born. Yeah. So, no, it's <laughs> wow. not. That's
2: his it's fair. A
1: high fair. But I, I look um, at it like this. you don't think
3: the fans asked for a lot, OG. I didn't mean to. I'm a Knicks fan.
1: Either. I'm a Knicks fan. No, we don't. We just want to be. No, the, this year we didn't even think we were gonna make the playoffs, bro. Fair enough. The fact enough. that we made the playoffs, we were happy with it. Fair That's enough. why all this Knicks slander is ridiculous. I think I love R.J. Barrett. We
2: know you do. Yeah,
1: because OG, I, I, we get into heated arguments because. I said this on a, on a previous show. Unless the Knicks get a commitment from Kawhi Leonard, I'm not trading R.J. Barrett for Dame. If, if I, I don't think a duo of Dame and, R, and Randall can go far, I'm not trading R.J. and picks for Dame because I think that's Carmelo 2.0, and that we might even have a worse run than that with just Dame and Randall. That's why. But he disagreed. He thought that you trade R.J. for Dame because that's Dame, and I said no because. No. Brooklyn is still there. Milwaukee's still there. They're not going to be a top team in the East, so why trade for Dame? So you
2: were just going to throw what I said out without any context and just let that is be. That, a- is, that
1: not, is that not what you said?
2: I said, I feel like you should trade for Dame because in the next big market, you can attract a superstar there, which with is very Dame, valid. with Dame being there. I don't think a combination of RJ and Randall is more appealing than Dame being in New York. That's what I said. What
0: attracted, really what attracted Leonard to the Clippers? Because they weren't exactly rolling to the Western Conference Finals.
3: They, they gave Paul State, George that to. Uh, he told them, listen, you need another superstar if you want me to come along. And he specifically but asked for it. The Paul Clippers George. gave the Golden State Warriors a, a pretty good series that first year. Yes, so they, they looked yes, pretty attractive. That team was was pretty solid. Ben- the bench, the overall players, everything about that team. I understood why Kawhi would want to go there, but he That's did tough. need another star. That being said he's not too far off saying that that Dame and Randall is is more appealing than RJ and and Randall look, you have after to you look just saw the, him in the playoffs you have to
1: look at the free agent market you're talking about 2022 offseason Kawhi is leading in that market and every like KD Harden Kyrie they're not coming into the Knicks because they're already on the Nets then you drop off like I don't think a trio of Beal Dame and Randall can win if I'm the Knicks let's just build our young core let's Randall Randall with RJ, Quickly, Mitch, OB, and our two first-round picks we have this season. And hopefully, if, if it's not at too steep of a price, let's go out and get Lonzo Ball. They're even talking about getting Mike Conley. I just want the Knicks to keep growing with these young players instead of just trading them all away when a Dame trade opportunity comes about. I just don't think that's the way... What do you mean at too
0: steep of a price? Because Alonzo Ball is exactly what you need as a floor Twenty
1: twenty million $20 million.
0: He's absolutely what you're looking for. That's number one. Number two, the Knicks are – because the way the landscape is in the NBA today, you can be one player away. None
1: of you guys
0: had Toronto – Winning the NBA championship when they added Leonard, no I, did I, I did,
1: did, I did, I did, I did too.
0: I had them going yeah. to the they were finals, a, they were they were a bounce away. You're right, you're right. They were a bounce. I had them,
1: I had them going to the finals, but obviously, right. I didn't have the beating at healthy notice. You, you can actually see. I swear, so I so, that to being
0: said, so, with that being said, Leonard comes to New York. They go to the top of the Eastern Cup with the group that they currently have, with the rim protectors that they have, with the with the perimeter defenders that they have. Leonard comes to New York. They go to the top of the Eastern Conference. That includes what Brooklyn has. That includes what Milwaukee has. That's how I think the Knicks are one player away. OG, you know what I? I, I'm pushing on that. I'm pushing on that. That's that's egregious. OG, you know what I think? You you can push on it absolutely. I think that they're because Leonard showed me that he can be the difference. He doesn't have to be the best player. He could just be the difference. And OG, what showed me that in Toronto? What about last year?
3: And last year against Denver, where he needed to be the, the guy. 3-1 up. Three, three, up. He had three chances to put him away. Everybody has they, were lead, they were leading by double digits in each of those games, and he went ghost in each of those fourth quarters. So this look, is a guy he, who we've it,
2: seen. Okay, and what did he do against Dallas. In game six, 40, 40 points. What did he, Be he doing yourself. against Utah Is he supposed at, to at win? home? Is he supposed to win that series against Dallas?
3: Okay, but everybody has a Obviously. bad moment.
2: Your GOAT LeBron has had bad moments. Steph Curry has had bad had, moments. Kevin Durant has had, had bad He's had one moment. bad moment in 2011. And everybody's had a bad moment. Kawhi bounced back this year with a phenomenal performance in Dallas. Very true. Game six, and then he bounced off with Utah. when He went back-to-back games with 30 points at home. But, in LA, but don't you think down it 02. volumes that the
3: fact that the Clippers were still able to win that series against the Jazz, even after Kawhi went yeah, out? Of
0: course. If he doesn't get, if he doesn't get hurt, they're in the we're out of Clippers
3: uh, in the NBA Finals, OG? And I'm not, that's, that's, I'm not, I'm sure not I'm saying playing. you're wrong there. But the fact that they were still able to compete against the Sun mm-hmm. teams that's looking pretty dominant right now, mm-hmm. they were still able to compete against them and were able to to overcome a 26 point deficit mm-hmm. in Utah without the mm-hmm. best player. Just shows me that the Clippers are a little bit better than we give them credit for.
1: Oh, gee, I push back a little on the Knicks are a player away because of this reason. Toronto, before they got Kawhi, they were at the top of the East year after year. They traded away DeRozan and Purdo for Kawhi, which was a steal. And people forget about this, but they also got Danny Green, who was huge in that championship run as well. They were literally a player away. I mean, when you look at their roster in hindsight, they were stacked. I don't think the Knicks are that. But if the Knicks this offseason can get Kawhi and maybe Kyle Lowry comes at a discount or maybe Mike Conley, now I think we're talking. Now, now I think don't leave we're talking. Out
0: the fact, don't leave out the fact that the boogeyman was gone. So that helped.
1: Yeah, LeBron, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, can't,
0: we can't leave that out. That helped. Well, the same thing is going on now in the East. So Durant's going to be back next season, but he's going in the year 15. Mm. we already seen who James Harden is in the playoffs when he goes deep into the playoffs. We've seen who this guy is. 100%. We know who he is. Same thing with Irv. We know who Irv is, but can he hold up? You right? mean health-wise? So, because yeah, health yeah. I'm
3: about to say, I've seen Kyrie in the playoffs I'll outshine health-wise. It's, wise. Wise. it's, it's health got, wise. got That's got to be wise. the only thing he's saying, because I've seen Kyrie that's in it. the biggest moments be as as high that's as it. you could get.
0: There's no question about Irv's game. Yep. Just like there's no question about Chris Paul's game. The yep. question is, is can he Help. hold up? Yep. That's it. Can that's these guys hold up? So... You're talking about a Nick team that they got, I think Tibbs did a great job. He was coach of the year. I think he did a great job with that group. And to get a player like Leonard.
3: Can Kawhi hold up? Show
0: these guys how to play. I don't think he's leaving the Clippers, but just an idea.
3: Now, can Kawhi hold up?
0: Well, that's another question because he's proven this season. I mean, he got, he rolled his ankle in, in, in 17. He rolled his ankle and then this season he got hurt. So and load ha- load
3: management, basically, ever since that ankle injury. I don't know if you want to commit. I mean, obviously, it's New York, and, and fans are going to want to come see Kawhi, but you're probably going to give him around 35, $40 million, no doubt. It's Kawhi Leonard.
1: You have to. And, you have to give him forty. And with, the, the, with, the,
3: with the opportunity of him taking, you know, what are the chances he's going to play a back-to-back with you? Probably Slim. But I think they can
1: get to the
2: playoffs. They just need Kawhi for the playoff moments.
3: But then can you rely that he's going to be healthy come that time?
1: You can't yeah. rely on anybody's could be healthy if we're if we're being like a hundred that's a very honest. good point that's a very good point but if i'm the knicks do i take that chance absolutely i think I so take that chance and yeah. i think any team in the nba whether it's the it's heat like, dallas the clippers the, the, the knicks the- it's yeah. like they're taking all taking that, that chance, chance
3: on KD off Kawhi the torn achilles it's a generational type talent. i'm
1: going to name players and you guys let me know if you're out or in on them after these bad playoff performances first one up christos porzingis are you out or in
3: I'm out personally.
1: I'm in. I'm in. Julius Randle, out or in? I'm still in. How about you, Drew?
3: (sighs) As a number two, I'm in. As a number one, I'm out. I'm in.
1: Ben Simmons, out or in?
2: 50-50. I'm
3: in. I have to be. I'm in too.
1: I'm in. Okay. And now I'm thinking about another player that had a bad playoffs right now. This one's at the top of my head. Jimmy Butler. I think oh, we, we should all be in on man, Jimmy Butler. I'm in. You guys are all in on Jimmy Butler still?
3: Ooh, OG taking a breath. <sighs> oh, man.
1: I'm in. <laughs> you have me s- scared for a little I will, bit.
3: I will say I understand where he's coming from because his offensive game is kind of limited. He doesn't love to shoot the three. It's getting to a point where he's kind of a DeMar DeRozan. But more no. of a, but more of a playmaker, of course. Demar Derozan. But more of a playmaker. Maker.
0: You know who Jimmy Butler is? Jimmy De- Butler is Gerald Wilkins' upgrade. Demar who Jimmy Butler is.
3: He's more. Listen, DeMar he doesn't DeMar. really love to take. It's not, listen. We're not talking like Demar Derozan, some scrub. Jimmy's.
2: A, a but he doesn't. He doesn't have the mindset off, that Jimmy has for defensive on an
3: offensive level.
2: He's a better. Jimmy's a better level playmaker with me here. Level far.
3: with me here on an offensive level, scoring the basketball. Is he not Demar Derozan?
1: We saw Jimmy Butler score 40 in the we're finals. In the playoffs we're talking about the playoffs
3: or in the regular
2: season because DeMar scores is, can score in the regular season. I'm with you.
3: I'm with you. My point being, his skill set offensively to score the basketball, DeMar DeRozan.
2: Okay. But offensively as a package, I'll take Jimmy. I'm
3: with you. I'm definitely uh, – listen, Jimmy Butler is better offensively than DeMar DeRozan, but if I'm looking solely at his scoring, it reminds me of DeMar DeRozan, and that automatically makes me teeter a little bit.
1: I forgot that this is one of the biggest names, and he's uh, he gets hated on Twitter so much. In or out on Rudy Gobert? I'm in.
3: This is also tough because his offensive game is so limited. I'm going to say in because his defense is way too good to to be out. But what on are
0: you it. what are you in terms of his offensive game? What are you looking for from Rudy Gobert? It's is just it the a... contract. That, is it the contract that, that that's screwing you up? Or what, <laughs> what is it? It's a hundred.
3: It's a hundred percent the contract because you have to give him that money. He's all NBA okay. player. He's all defensive, NBA, uh, all defense player, defensive player of the year. How, however many times in his career already? I understand the money he's getting because he's he's has the accolades. It's just that that skill set offensively is so limited, and it's not as if he's a super aggressive down low. He's not.
2: Is it limited, or is just that just the player he is?
1: All I'm a looking little, for a
2: little bit of both. It's just that he, he or Is that like that's the type of big man he all is. All
1: I'm looking for from Gobert is that's that's to be I'm a, out. All and I'm that's looking, why I'm out. The only thing I'm looking for Not Gobert out, to be is a putback player and a roller. I don't really want him to be a like a dominant post presence. He won't be that either, but if I'm just looking for a roller and honestly. if that's the case, Louis Gobert see?
0: averages fourteen and eleven for his career. Yep. A hundred or two hundred million dollar contract is not going to change that. You expected him to turn into Shaq. <laughs> he got that money. You expected him to turn. Oh, into but I, listen. Off. Even before that not contract, we
3: knew the contract was coming, and he was going to get that contract regardless. Absolutely. And I get it.
0: Thirteen and eleven in the playoffs for his career.
3: You're happy this with is that, OG? This
0: guy is. This you, isn't. A, this isn't because I'm getting paid that all of a sudden I'm going to turn into, you know, this. Huge thing where I'm now Tim Duncan. No, this is who this guy is. So because he got paid, and what other options did Utah have? Let him walk out the front door?
3: Couldn't. Why not trade him? OG?
0: For what? We couldn't. He was his deal was up.
3: But even before then, you know you're gonna have to pay this guy. You know that Mm -hmm. his skill set is not meant to play with a guy like Donovan (laughs) Mitchell. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on,
0: hold on.
1: He can play with Donovan Mitchell. Why trade your identity?
2: That's Utah's identity I think defense. the defense of
1: course, but... The problem with Utah... You get, you get a guy like Valanciunas. Whoa.
3: You get a guy like Valanciunas whoa. to space the floor a little bit. You probably would get a little bit more given the fact that Rudy Gobert is the all-world defensive player he is. You need a little bit more offensively. You can't keep relying on you, Donovan Mitchell to try and carry you. Okay.
1: You Utah, Utah's problem is not Gobert. I think Utah's problem is they don't have another guy who can handle the ball... Outside of Mitchell. Correct. And outside of Royce O'Neal, they don't have a lockdown perimeter defender. They need a wing
0: Well, they do have another guy. Mike Conley, but he got hurt. That exactly, was Very true. They need a wing stopper.
1: But OG, I, you didn't uh, answer this. Rudy Gobert, are you out or in on him?
0: All oh, I'm in on Rudy. Okay. All day.
1: And just I'm to let you guys him. know, on Ben Simmons, I'm 50-50. On Chris Top, I'm out on Chris Topps. I am out on Chris Topps. Um, Randall, of course, I'm in. I'm a Knicks fan, but more as a second option. Okay, fair enough. Um, Jimmy Butler, I'm in. And Rudy Gobert, I'm still in. And now on to this topic that I'm really excited to talk about. And I'm excited to hear your answer, OG, because you've been watching basketball for so long. So you probably have a really cool answer to this. What team was the best team to never win an NBA championship, in your opinion?
0: I was thinking about this question, too. And I got it because... What, ha- what happens is is it's all about matchups, right? Every team has a team that has their number. So Houston had Phoenix's number. Phoenix had Seattle's number. Seattle had Houston's number. But in my lifetime, I got to go with that 83 Bucks team. Wow. They had possible defense. Sydney Moncrief. That, you were just that, talking that about that team, too. Really, that's crazy. crazy. Problem that they had was they kept running in to Philly. Because they own Boston, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that's when Boston had Bird, McHale, and Paris. They owned them. They kept running in to Philly. And they couldn't get past Philly. That was the problem.
2: So the Bucks owned Boston, but I'm assuming Boston owned Philly and Philly owned the Bucks.
0: There you go.
3: Now that cycle's crazy.
2: <laughs> that's just how it goes.
3: That's
1: sheesh. I'm actually looking at the players they had now, so I hope this is actually, this is probably not the right year, because. He said 83. Okay, so Marcus Marcus Johnson, uh, Junior Bridgman, Sidney Moncrief, Paul Pressey, Ball Ball Lanier, Charlie, yeah, Ball Ball Lanier, Lanier. Lanier. (laughs) Charlie Chris, so yeah, so this team, this is the team that you're picking, OG. The, 19, yeah. the 1983
0: Bucks. OG was... Either, the, either them or the 98 Jazz.
3: Fair enough.
1: Yeah, OG.
2: that's another great pick. Was Sidney Moncrief a better defender than Michael Jordan?
0: I don't know if he was a better defender, but... He was more consistent? He was, he was yes. He was just as good as Jordan. Absolutely. Jordan was bigger than... Jordan was bigger than Sidney Monkey. If Sidney Moncreek was 6'6, he'd be the best perimeter defender. He'd be better than Scottie Pippen. Oh. He was only 6'3. Ah, uh, a little guy. If he was bigger, if he was, if he was as big as Jordan, he would be, because he had ridiculous length. And back then you could put hands on guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. He kept his hands and his feet busy. He made he was tough as nails. Sidney Moncreek was hell to deal with. Hell.
1: I'm going to go next and I'm going to name this team in. To this day, I'm so upset that they didn't win a championship. It's very recent. The 2017-18 Houston Rockets, 65-17, and the best offensive rating that year. Chris Paul, James Harden, Trevor Reese, P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon off the bench. They had Rivers and Gerald Green and those guys. Lost in seven games to Golden State to one of the greatest teams assembled in NBA history because Chris Paul went down. Is it it 100% guaranteed that the Rockets would have beat the Warriors if Chris Paul had not went down? We're not sure. Would I have picked the Rockets to win? I would have. And Game 6 and Game 7, arguably the worst days in my life, there's a picture of me sitting (laughs) down with my head down, with my hand on my forehead when they lost and Steph Curry erupted. Man, honestly, this is the team I'm going with, the Rockets. James Harden is my favorite player. I'm hoping he does win in Brooklyn, but if James Harden never wins a championship, we will all look back to this no year doubt. and say, "Damn, that could have been the year."
0: I'm a picking that up. Then they lose. Didn't they lose again to them the next year. Yeah. Oh they, no!
3: Warriors have had the Rockets number.
0: They
2: lost repeatedly. for a while now. Yeah. And it wasn't just you know. Yet. You know
1: why I don't? Um, they did lose the very next year, but I think losing Ariza was huge because you had to insert Gordon into the starting lineup, and. I know Kevin Durant was out, but Kevin Durant was out for one game and a quarter, so it's not like he was out for the entire series. Because if you for the first four games, Steph Curry struggled in that series. Kevin Durant was playing like God in that series. He would, and James Harden was matching him as well.
4: That Steph go- Curry goes.
0: Steph Curry has zero points in the first half of that game six, and they end up winning. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, zero. Yeah.
1: And that's the one I was just thinking of right now. I mixed it up like with like 2018, the twenty eighteen thirty
0: three. That's insane. But
1: this is why I don't blame the Rockets for losing. The very next year is because that same Warriors team with the big three of Clay, Steph, and Draymond embarrassed Portland. Portland had a double-digit lead each game in the conference finals, yeah, and they well, kept so. and they kept coming yeah. back. And Curry was phenomenal because I told yeah. I told people that Rockets team versus Golden State, Kevin Durant puts the Warriors over the top. When you have Curry, Clay, and Draymond versus Paul, Harden, and Clint Capella. That's an even matchup still. 100%. That's an even matchup still. So the fact that Golden State won a game in a quarter didn't surprise me. But well, we can't
0: leave out, and and I'm going to let you guys get right to it. We can't leave out that, you know, in that game seven, you know, Chris Paul got hurt. oh you know, for 27 in the fourth, shooting the long ball. James exactly. Harden 0 for 11. Yep. Yikes.
1: <sighs> yep. And, and that's where I, sh- look, I'm a huge James Harden fan, but this is where I struggle with James Harden. I
0: think Trevor Reza was 0 for 9 or something like that. Yeah, he, oh, he, he all was. Were
3: historically
1: bad. P.J. Tucker, too. J- sure. James Harden in the regular season, I see him hit these step-back threes all the time, even though he is a volume shooter. And then in the playoffs, I see these Game 7s. I see that 2 for 13. And I'm just like, this just isn't the James Harden that I'm used to. And the same thing happened versus the Bucks in Game 7 in these past playoffs. I know James Harden was hurt. He said he was playing on basically a grade 2 um, hamstring. I have two problems with that. One is that why did you tell us it was great to after the series? And because you lost, I think he was looking for some sympathy points right there, even though I don't want to diminish his injury. Second, he was having open shots. He didn't, he didn't make them. We've seen players in the past before play through injuries and make those shots. And I know Harden is only human, but they're open shots. And he didn't make them when you needed them most. And over time, he missed an open three as well. So did Joe Harris. But that's why year after year, I see Harden come up short in these big moments. And, I, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of defending it because, like, it just keeps on happening.
3: I'm going to backpack off Joel because I have the, the Rockets here too. But I was debating between the 98 Jazz and the 18 Rockets. And I ended up leading the Rockets a bit because... Me personally, I believe this Golden State Warrior team is the greatest team ever assembled. You have three of the greatest shooters of all time on the same team. You have the greatest shooter of all time, probably the number 2 greatest shooter in, in Clay Thompson. You had Draymond Green, the greatest def- arguably the greatest defender and one of the best defenders in the league right now. They have you have the Hampton 5 where you, you have uh, Andre Iguodala and they were in position to win that that series had Chris Paul not gone down. And you have Harden in that MVP season. You got the Rockets, the number one seed, like you mentioned. And it's unfortunate to think that I personally believe you have that momentum going into game six in Oracle. Oracle t- is a tough environment, but we've seen teams go into Oracle and win. We've seen LeBron go in there into Oracle. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to say, obviously, LeBron's a different team. That 2016 LeBron team, uh, that Cavs team was different, but we've seen teams go into Oracle and still beat them. And so it's not out of the question that if CP three was healthy, they definitely could have closed out because that momentum was completely on their side. And the fact that they were able to even push this this team, that Warriors team to sevens impressive in and of itself. So I feel like that's why I lean the Rockets. I listen, I completely get the jazz. You got Malone, you got you got Stockton. Russell was a, a great defensive piece right there. Uh, Havelchak, excuse me. Ha, the have John Havelch. Hornacek, Hornacek, thank you. Hornacek. Thank you very much. It's oh, a, you messed a, me up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's on real. me. The, the H's got me messed up. It's like, that, that roster was so well put together. You got Malone, one one of the best, probably the, the best player to never win a championship. And they just couldn't get it done because they obviously, they couldn't slay the Beast and Michael Jordan. But I just feel like this Rockets team, one game away from being the greatest team ever assembled. And that that's rough. We
1: have the historian. What's your take? Like, you know, I had I had a few
2: teams I was thinking of. You know, ninety six Supersonics. I was thinking of the fourteen Spurs, not the fourteen, pardon me, thirteen Spurs, but they won the next year, so I feel like that's all right too. Yeah, but I, I feel like like it has to be the sixteen Warriors. Like it's it's no way it couldn't be seventy three and nine. It, like they had arguably the greatest team season and the greatest season for all their individual players. You had. The unanimous unanimous MVP who had arguably the greatest season in NBA history, or at least what we've seen, the best season we've probably ever seen. They had the defensive player of the year that year, Draymond Green. Klay Thompson makes an all-star. All three of them make an all-star. They have two all-NBA players. They walk into the playoffs, like 73-9. Steph Curry hits 400 threes. Then the team comes back from a 3-1 deficit against probably one of the best OKC teams of our generation. You know, granted, they blew the 3-1 lead. Obviously, we know that part. But that team was just so dominant. Steph Curry was sitting a record fourth quarters. They were blowing out teams. I think they were like 25, 26-0 at a point of the season. That's like, when
1: got Luke Walton his job. Yeah, yeah.
2: like that That team was extremely phenomenal. They were just breaking records all that year. And, you know, we can look at, you know, teams from the past. A couple of those bird teams that didn't win were phenomenal. A couple of Magic teams were phenomenal. The Stockton and Malone teams were extremely phenomenal. But I think this team, even the 0-3 Lakers who lost to the Pistons or 4 I forget which 04. one it was, mm-hmm. but th- that team was good too. But I think like this team right here with the fact that they dominated as a team and then individually they had their success with all their guys, you know, winning two of the major awards in the NBA. I think that team easily has to be the best team that's never won a championship.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. It's definitely between the Warriors, Rockets, and you picked the 83 bucks and you also thought about the 98 jazz as well
3: you you mentioned OKC and let me tell you that that Harden Russ uh Kevin Durant squad Serge Ibaka Stephen Adams there you go like that's that roster was so so it's Harden a sh- it's a shame there. that Russ really couldn't no, put Harden it was Harden not there. Harden was no Harden was, there. Harden was that, there. that 2012 team
2: oh pardon me. me uh. That's 20.
3: Definitely definitely a young They were kids, though. They were young, uh, definitely a young core, were, but the fact that those three together, they couldn't keep that OKC team or that organization decided to move on from Harden so quickly. Truthfully, it was a, I guess, a foreshadowing of, of the future events for that organization. NBA but,
1: history could have been significantly different if they stayed on the same no team. No doubt about that. But it is crazy that they all went on to go win MVPs. Kevin Durant won an MVP in 2011. But, uh, 2014 is one in 2011. Oh, you're right. 2014. Oh, I'm getting KD1. my years mixed up. So that's yes, far, get my facts screwed up sometimes. Okay. The Westbrook, Harden, Kevin Durant all won MVPs. You can, the, that's crazy. That
2: Eleven team, the Miami team that didn't win it was a really good team too. Yeah,
3: they that's, weren't
2: a, ready that's a fact. But LeBron wasn't ready mentally. Yeah, I'm, they, I'm they, saying they pre, pre-finals though. Those against Boston, Indiana, LeBron Definitely. was on. He was on one. No oh. doubt. No doubt.
3: That Eastern Conference, LeBron was spazzing out. He got into the finals. He just fall, he just crumbled like I've never seen. Well, of
0: course, you know, you, I can honestly say to you today that it was different. But back then in 2011, if I told you, because just so you know, in the Eastern Conference Championship in game one, the Bulls beat them by 20. No,
2: mm-hmm. so we smoked them. So, mm-hmm.
0: so if I tell you after that first game, just so you know, the Bulls ain't winning another game in this series and I got a thousand dollars, you would have been like, I raised you a thousand.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I'll
0: take you a thousand and let's put another thousand on it. There's no way you would have believed me if I would have told you after y'all smoked them in game one. Chicago's not winning another game in this series. You'd be like, really? Yeah,
2: I, I didn't think we were going to win that series, but I didn't think right. they was going to beat us four straight Just times. walk
0: right past you in four straight games. You'd be I, like, yo, they ain't winning another game. Once There's they, no
2: way. Once they figured out our offense, which is really D-Rose and just everything else happens, I think... And they switched, you know. They started trapping Rose out the uh, double team. I think it got really bad after that, you know, because they just—it
0: was actually put, one change that they made: put James on Rose. That was the difference in the game. Bro, that was that's all difference. you really needed. Everything to else that they was doing, they just put James on Rose. Everything you do, I do it. I'm just six inches bigger than you, and I'm fast and I'm stronger than you. Shut them down.
1: The Heat were lucky though, because if they would have faced the Mellow Knicks that lost to the Pacers.
0: Here we go. We oh, might yeah.
1: be talking He's about, about different. He's we might be talking OG. about different He's champions. He's That's all I'm Here saying. We,
2: hey, OG, let me ask you, a uh, hypothetical. If Mello comes to the Bulls in 12, you think we could beat the Heat?
0: No, because Melo was. Wow.
1: I wish Melo. was very
0: Mellow was very much about buckets. And that in 12 to that was the year I'll we could have got him.
3: I'll let OG finish.
0: Mello was very much about buckets. That Bulls team was being built. They got Derrick Rose in the draft. They got um, Noah in the draft. Dang Noah the draft. in the draft. They got those guys. They, they were building that unit, and, the brain, and, and they had a good continuity with that team. The reason why it fell apart is because Derrick Rose got hurt.
2: Yep. Don't remind me, please. But one if thing Derrick
0: say- Rose doesn't get hurt, they're right back in the middle of it. That Melo. And I don't know if adding Carmelo to that keeps that dynamic going. Yeah. I I think that might screw them up.
1: You also miss Luol Deng, too. Right. You yeah, got yeah, him yeah. in the
0: draft.
1: So that so Melo offseason. That, that Melo offseason is the offseason the Bulls went out and got Carlos Boozer? Yes. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It was, or uh, they already had Boozer. Yeah. And they wanted to get Melo. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. you had, you have, uh, I think Luol Deng, you might have had to trade him, maybe, or slot him to... The
2: no, Melo was supposed to take a pay cut.
1: Yeah. Because... He was supposed to get $80 million.
2: Mm-hmm. We well, was supposed to give him $20 he was not trying to hear.
0: Melo yeah, was about yeah. his money. Yeah,
2: he, was he chose the money over... Us, and D sure. Rose didn't want to go pitch for him. Yeah, that's just not the type of guy he is. So he's like, I'm not but doing D-D that. D that Rose,
1: dang, Mellow, Boozer, Noah, that would have been pretty good. Yeah, that would have been pretty good. <sighs> We're about to talk about two championship players, all time great players, Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. A lot of people have Kobe unanimously slated over Duncan because Duncan's game wasn't flashy. Nobody really pays much respect to him now, even though he is an all time getting his resume matches up with Kobe. And I also think his death also plays a part in the way that we remember him today, because I remember when he was alive, at least the narratives around Kobe later on through his career were that he was a ball hog. He was a bad teammate. Nobody wanted to play with him. And then all of a sudden he retires. He goes on to write these books and we view him more as a mentor now everybody starts for, starts to forget about these narratives. But there was a lot of nasty stuff surrounding his name. But in your opinion, who, who do you think was better all time, who just had a greater impact, Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan?
2: I think from just speaking from a basketball standpoint, you know, I think comparing a big man and a guard, you can't really do from a skills standpoint, especially back in that day because, you know, players really played to their position. But I think looking at it, you know, I got to give my respects to Tim Duncan. You know, his career was phenomenal. Walking in day one, making, and people don't even notice, but before they got TD, P- Pop was about to get fired. Like he was about to legit get fired. Getting TD, you know, they instantly turned into a playoff team. They win a ring in 99. Those teams from 99 to I think about 04 weren't that like great. They weren't the San Antonio teams. We're accustomed to, you know, Tim Duncan was walking in the playoff series, leading the team in four out of the five statistical categories. Not like he's not up there. I'm not saying matching Shaq for dominance, but he's up there, you know, putting in work, doing his thing on on the other end too. So I think from a longevity standpoint, playing for San Antonio his whole career, I think his career probably is a little bit better because of the MVPs, because he's racks up on the All Defensive Teams. He was a champion. He was a Finals MVP more times. I think I would have to give it to Tim Duncan. His long lasting impact on the Spurs and the fact that his two way play and just how great he was. On both ends, really cemented him as a San Antonio Spur.
1: You also didn't mention that they did make the playoffs after they got Tim Duncan, but they were horrible that year because David Robinson got hurt. But even with David Robinson as their best player, he was choking in the playoffs. He was the year he won MVP, he matched up with Olajuwon, and Olajuwon completely dominated that just, matchup. He
2: just told me he was better than him.
1: It, it wasn't until Tim Duncan got to San Antonio to where they won championships. With David Robinson, they were going to the playoffs. They went to the West Finals, but they didn't win championships yeah. until Tim Duncan got there.
3: Go ahead, OG.
0: Well, I'm a. As much as I talk about, like you said about Kobe Bryant, I'm a firm believer that you are what we see. So, with that being said, everybody, I, 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 it, it bothers me how people talk about him today because it sounds like it's fake love.
4: Mm, no doubt. And
0: the reason why I say that is because if you felt like that about him, why wasn't you talking like that about him when he was here? And all of a sudden, he's the greatest player ever. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I never heard any of this when he was here. Yeah, he he had a couple... He, had, he made books and things like that, but I never heard any of you guys talking about him like this when he was playing with the Lakers, when he was in his prime. Now, he's the best ever, and that doesn't negate the fact that in my opinion Kobe Bryant is the best two guard, I'm sorry, the second best two guard behind Michael Jordan that I have ever seen. I just don't appreciate the I just don't appreciate the, the narrative on him now because if you felt like that about him, why weren't you talking like that about him when he was here? That's first of all. Number two, I'm a huge fan of consistency and stability. Tim Duncan was that from the door. But before I get into that, Let's understand about errors. So Dr. J got caught in the Bird and Magic era. Ewing, Malone, Gary Payton, Drexler, they got caught in the Jordan era. Barkley, too. Charles Barkley, don't leave him out, got caught in the Jordan era. Tim Duncan was about to get caught in the Kobe and Shaq era. Had they been able to hold it together, we wouldn't be talking about Tim the way we do today. Let's make sure we remember Three times in four years, bounced them out of the playoffs, including sweeping them in the 01 West Finals, the gentlemen sweeping five in the 02 West Semis, and then handling them in six in 04 in the West Semis. So we wouldn't be talking about Tim Duncan the way we are today had they been able to hold it together, but they weren't able to hold it together. So Tim Duncan became that model of consistency while that was going on. We talking about a guy who was 21 and 10 regularly. Plus, we talking about a guy who came out the gate from the door. He was first team All-NBA as a rookie. So this guy became that and he just continued that. We had to wait for Kobe to become that. And I don't really like, I don't really like grading big men and guards. I'd much rather great guys on their position. But I look at Kobe Bryant and I look at Tim Duncan, and I give the edge to Tim
1: Duncan. Yeah, and one, Tim Duncan is the best power forward of all time, undisputedly. Ever. Numero uno. Like, nobody that knows basketball is putting anybody over Tim Duncan, all-time and power forwards. But shooting guards, Kobe, I mean, it's hard. It's Jordan. He's obviously, obviously one of the and he GOATs. he modeled his game yeah. off Jordan. So that's why it's so hard. So, Drew, who are you going with, Kobe or Duncan?
3: So it's funny, we were talking before the show, and I was saying I, I must have been, been debating this for like two hours. It's probably the toughest sports question I've ever been asked because you look at the two resumes, it's pretty identical. I mean, you got a few here and there. Kobe has a few more all-stars. Uh, Timmy has an extra MVP, an extra finals MVP. It's really close. Obviously, this guy, Kobe, was the was the better scorer. I just think on a more consistent basis... Tim Duncan, from jump to when he retired, maybe the year before he retired, from 98 to 14, he retired in 15. He had his team in contention to win a championship every single year. You mentioned how in 01, 02, 03, 04, that Lakers team was dominant. That's an all-time roster right there. And it wasn't until Ginobili Parker came along where that, that team really started to get it together and, and, and really compete for a championship year in, year out. But Tim Duncan was the core of that squad, the leader of that squad. He did, he meant more to his squad. Not that Kobe didn't mean a a, a whole a whole bunch to his game. One hundred percent, Kobe was as reliable as it gets. But as it as it stands on who you can trust to do everything for your squad, Tim Duncan solved all that problems. You need him to score, he could do that. Rebound the basketball, he could do that. Pass the basketball, he could do that. One of the best big men defenders that this game's ever seen. His playmaking ability was unmatched. This guy, Tim Duncan, from the start to finish, there is no way you could debate that he didn't have his team contending for a championship. And I just look at Kobe. He was obviously this all-time great scorer. I would never say anything otherwise. His a little bit, a little bit too inefficient for my liking. I, obviously, you're the best scorer on your team. You're going to get the most shots on the squad. I would have just liked to see him be a little bit more efficient in the in the middle part of his career.
0: Well, Tim Duncan was better at the things he should have been better at. Correct. I play closer to the basket, so I am going to be more efficient. Correct. Which I can get with that. He was a better rebounder. All right, I play in the post. So he was supposed to be that, which all right, I could get with that also. But Tim Duncan did win league MVP when Kobe and Shaq were in the league. Correct. He did it twice. In fact, not only did he do it twice, he did it in back-to-back seasons. Yep. You know, he was a 15-time all-league defender. When these guys were in the league. And I can't reiterate this enough. He was the model of consistency. This guy stayed healthy. He stayed on the floor. And he brought, you knew what you were getting from him every single season. And there was no question about
1: it. You all bring amazing points. He's never
2: missed the playoffs. Tim Duncan is saying. Tim Duncan is saying. Zero. Ever. Unbelievable. Zero never.
0: Not one time.
1: It's hard to dispute the points you guys made because you guys all made excellent <laughs> points. You talk about how Tim Duncan was that guy from the beginning that's absolutely true. Kobe took a while, but I'll say this. I was read I got this book called The Three Ring Circus. Uh it's written by Jeff Perlman. He was on a guest. He was on, he was a guest on the show before. He's an author and in this book he talks about the Lakers path to those three rings and how messy it was. And you got it right there OG. Amazing book. Oh, hey, that's awesome. <laughs> So reading that book, it got me, I learned about how Dell Harris was one of the main components of why Kobe Bryant wasn't able to blossom right off the gate. That's why I pushed back on that just a little bit, because I think had he gotten drafted to New Jersey, where he should have gotten drafted to if it wasn't for John Calipari getting cold feet, he would have been 20 points per game off the bat in, in New Jersey, and when I look at Kobe and what he did in 05 and 06, averaging 35 points per game, which if he did it in today's game, he probably wins MVP over Steve Nash, who those numbers today nobody's giving him the MVP for.
2: Mm-hmm. Why do you think he wins it over Steve Nash?
1: Because I I just I it's 35 points per game. You lead a team in the West. He's an eighth seed. The league holds scoring to a higher standard now. And to, in today's game, we saw Russell. No, West they who, don't,
0: because if they did, then Steph Curry would have won the league MVP. So no, they don't.
1: That's a good point, OG, but at the same time...
3: At but Steph the great didn't time, make the playoffs, though. Jokic was still averaging 25-plus, and his team, without Jamal Murray... He, he was, was averaging
2: a double-double. You're saying... It's, Nash it's,
1: averaged a double-double. But Jokic at a, was at, was close to a triple-double. That is true. And he at the center to position, too. So
0: and The I, only reason why he didn't win, the only reason why he won the league MVP was because Joel Embiid got hurt.
3: Oh, listen, OG, I'm with you 100% there. I think Joel Embiid should have been the MVP even over Steph, even over Jokic in my opinion, even with the injury. That being said, I just think that the fact that his team was an 8 seed, 9 seed didn't even make the playoffs, excuse me because he didn't even win the playoff, cool. Steph Curry Oh, that's why you couldn't consider him the MVP this year, even with the amount of points. Because then, at that point, then Bradley Beal got to be in consideration. Then at then that point, did,
0: then why did Russ win it in in, in six? Average 17? a triple
3: double, and that's the first time it happened since Oscar.
0: And, and that's Oscar the Oscar point I was making. The, the, and for. Oscar didn't win the league MVP. Yeah, n- average a
3: and, and, so and that that's a, and that's way. egregious. And I'm with you. He, Oscar obviously should have won the MVP there, but, but no one thought that it would ever happen again.
0: And Oscar should have won the league MVP. He he actually had a dude that was behind him who averaged.
3: Thirty-eight and eighteen. Of course, of course. of course, God. yeah.
0: Claim, so th- this is the thing. So
1: you brought up a great point, and I think that Russell Westbrook MVP. I thought it should have went to James Harden. That's just me personally, but I think I
0: thought, it, it I, thought I thought it should have went to LeBron, but that's that's just me. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> right, so that's think, like seven eight years,
3: OG.
1: <laughs> I think in this league, Kobe probably does get the MVP, but okay, he didn't get the MVP. But what I saw, what Kobe did that year, leading a team. That third best player was Smush Parker because you can't leave Lamar Odom. Oftentimes, people leave the fact that Lamar Odom was on this team. LeBron, Lamar Odom wasn't bad, and in the playoffs, he averaged 19 and 11 versus the Suns. But thir- Smush Parker as your third best player, leading that team to the playoffs in a tough Western Conference. I don't. I haven't seen Tim Duncan be on a team that trash and lead them to the playoffs. You think so? I do. Have think you seen?
2: So. Did you see his first couple teams? Weren't that bad, bro.
1: They weren't that good.
0: He had Sean Sean Elliott and Avery Johnson. Sean Elliott wasn't a bad
1: player, though. But he was, come on. Are we going to say Lamar Odom is better than Sean Elliott? I would say Sean Elliott over Lamar Odom. They're right
2: there. I know. That is really close. Yeah, come on. Tim Duncan has done it,
1: and he went to the finals. I know, but I'm just saying. I think I really haven't seen Tim Duncan do that. And also, when we talk about greatest, we have to talk about a cultural standpoint as well. I know we talk about strictly basketball, but basketball is much more than just the game. Just from what Kobe has meant to me, because I'm one of those people who, ha- who have always defended Kobe, I was hoping that Dream Team, at the time of Nash, Howard, Kobe, Gasol, and Artest were going to win, but they they, they failed miserably. Nash
0: was wa- washed by that time. He was. he was. He was. Zach was terrible. Nash he was
1: washed. So, for me, my greatest, ba- my greatest moment watching basketball was... 2010 when the Lakers won the championship game seven, that's my greatest moment watching basketball. Even though I thought test had, he had the biggest moment in that game along with Gasol and Kobe shot terribly. That was just my greatest moment watching basketball. Just growing up playing basketball, I was I was the type of person to look up motivational workout videos of Kobe Bryant just talking about how what he does and how he prepares and his craft. And just from a cultural standpoint, knowing Tim Duncan is out of the way. He doesn't talk much, but Kobe is that guy who, for a lot of people, is not only a mentor, but for people who don't have fathers in their lives was kind of like that pseudo-father figure. I think that Kobe Bryant was the greater of the two in terms of impact, and as players, it, it was close as well. One thing I will say that
3: you just mentioned that made me think of it is Kobe didn't play well all too great in that game seven. He didn't. And his team still won that game. You look at the 2013 series where Tim Duncan hits that bunny. The game's over. Tim that's Duncan true. hits that bunny. That game's over. But instead, LeBron gets the chance to go and ice the game, and he goes and he does that, of course, because he's King James. That being said, Tim Duncan didn't have all too much help. That You know what I'm trying to wait, say? Wait, wait, that year? And that's not what I mean. The fact that okay. it came out wrong 100%. What I meant to say is you have Tim Duncan who— Needed to make that shot for his team to win, but yet Kobe had an entire bad game. Tim Duncan played great up until that point. Missed one shot, cost his team the game. Kobe Bryant basically played, I don't want to say horrible because that's strong. He didn't play well. But this team still
1: won the game. that game he actually from,
0: did. He actually had a really good game. You just going off the fact that he didn't shoot it that way. Well. Yeah, he had I mean, fifteen boards in that game.
1: That game,
0: that, that two guard spot. But that game OG, was one of the lowest scoring finals.
3: finals. It's Kobe Bryant. What what are you what are you looking for him to do? I respect I'm the fact for that he him was to do everything
0: in game seven, and that's exactly what he did. A guy who adjusted, who re, who recognized that I'm not getting it done shooting the basketball, so I'm going to do other things. Okay, and he ended up with fifteen boards at the two guard spot. So that was a big deal. Now, I, I can't disregard that. Yeah, I can't yeah. just look at the fact that he went 5 for 20 that night. No, he had 15
1: boards. Yeah, not only that, but I think that game in particular was one of the lowest scoring finals games. And it was at, in the third quarter, they were both at like 50 points. I mean, it was a really low scoring game. Everybody in that game was off. Everybody. And Kobe, I think, shot 6 for 24 that game. He shot 6 for 24. Something But egregious. he did have 15 rebounds. And... You know, you can't you can't dispute that. But just for me, those moments that Kobe offered me as a child, that nostalgia, I, I just that's why I put him over. That's that's why I put him over. That's the reasoning. But from a, a basketball resume standpoint and the points that you brought up, I can totally un, totally understand why you would put Duncan over Kobe all time.
2: I just think people put Kobe over because of they fall in love with his game and they don't find Tim Duncan to be an exciting player to watch. You know, I think the Asian day we are in now, people just love the excitement. That's why they love Kyrie so much. That's why they love Steph so much. It's the excitement of the player and what he does. I think Tim I mean, Duncan.
1: that's why a lot of people put players over James Harden. Look, and, th- and this game seven that
3: Tim Duncan had, had 24 points. This is the second, third to last year of his career, and he's leading his team in scoring. This was the prime of Kobe's career, that 20, 2009. You know, Tim
2: Duncan is the oldest player to make it all a defensive team.
3: I mean, Tim Duncan was, like we said, however you said it, he said it, I said it. From day he one. He was also
0: first team All-NBA that year, too. Yep. Leave that he, out. He,
3: he was as great as you could be his entire career. And the fact that he still led his team in scoring. You look at game six, he had to rely on Kawhi Leonard and Manu Ginobili to hit those free throws. And the game's iced. The game's ice. They win in game six in Miami. Instead, they end up missing those free throws. We see the illustrious uh, Ray Allen uh, historical three, probably the greatest shot in finals history. But then Tim Duncan says, you know what? Even after that horrible loss, I'm going to come back game seven. I'm going to still give my 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 team a chance to win. And he did exactly that, 24 and 12. What more could you ask for? Four steals a block? I just, I'm, comp- and thinking about the two, it's Kobe Bryant's prime. This is would you consider this Tim Duncan's prime, OG? I mean, I guess you can no, consider... He, he, he wasn't over,
0: but he was he was still respectable. He was on the other side of his prime.
3: No 100% person, no. and the fact that he was still able to produce like this so late into his career, I can't take that for granted.
0: Well, OG,
2: OG, let me ask you a question because we were talking about the Kobe and Tim Duncan uh, situation. I don't remember exactly if these were the same teams, but Detroit played both guys, right? The, 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 the legendary Detroit teams, that defense... They played both guys. I don't know if they had the same exact rosters, but the main core was there. Why didn't... Why did Tim Duncan and Tony was able to get it done and why couldn't Kobe and Shaq beat them?
0: Which is incredible to me because what they they did in that series, I got to be honest with you guys, if they played the Lakers 10 times, they would have beat them nine. The way that they had the Lakers off balance, the way that they pushed the Lakers back offensively, having them start their off. Shaq was a primary player. Shaq's primary role was on the box. They had Shaq pushed all the way up to the free throw line, into the mid post. Mm. They didn't speed the game up. They had the game slowed down because the Lakers wanted to play faster than what they wanted to play. They wanted to get out in transition. Kobe, at that time, also was getting himself in a lot of trouble with Tayshawn Prince. Tayshawn Prince did a really good job against Kobe Bryant. He did a really good job against them. But as a unit, collectively, they did a great job of of keeping the Lakers off balance. And that's what they couldn't do with the Spurs because the Spurs and Tim Duncan and Manu, they didn't allow Detroit to make them play the the way Detroit wanted them to play. That's what the Lakers did. Detroit, the, the Lakers allowed Detroit to make them play the way they wanted. And that was the difference in the series. That's
1: crazy. And San Antonio beat them 4-2, I believe. 4-2 or was it 4-1? It was one Who? of those. Who are beat talking about? Uh, Detroit, right, Spurs, the Spurs versus the, Spurs versus six, the Pistons. Right, if I'm
0: not mistaken. But the Pistons? No, seven games in 05. Oh, seven, seven games. In a, okay. a I know dog De- fight.
2: Detroit beat LA in five. I remember that one. It's funny because yeah, I was-
0: Detroit beat LA in five, but the Spurs beat Detroit in seven in 0-5. It was a dog fight. What was 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 it was a dog seven, fight, Game man. seven was
2: in San Antonio?
0: Game seven was in San Antonio. It was a dogfight. It was I have a one-possession game at the end of the game. Oh I have God. to
1: rewatch that me series. Too. I watched the game, I think, a couple months ago when I was at work. We we You know, I work security, so I have so much downtime to just watch games. But um, when you showed me the Three Ring Circus book, it really excited me. Did you read <laughs> the entire book?
0: I, I've been read I, I, As soon as it first came out, I read it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not even – I'm on the chapter called The Worm. I haven't finished it yet. I'm really bad with finishing books. I have to fix that about myself. But in that book, that's where I learned that Kobe Bryant could have possibly been a New Jersey net right now. I'm a Knicks fan primarily because I told myself when I was younger, whichever team Carmelo gets traded to, I'm going to be the fan of that team. Cause I was a Nets and Knicks fan, but also around that time, there were already rumblings about the Nets moving to Brooklyn. I'm from New mm-hmm. Jersey. So if the Nets are from New Jersey, I'll be a New Jersey Nets fan. But if they are mm-hmm. if they go to Brooklyn, I'm just going to be a fan of the New York team instead of mm-hmm. the Brooklyn team. So that's why I'm a Knicks fan. So knowing that Kobe could have possibly been on the Nets, in that book, that's where I found that out, to me is one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history, along with Kobe Bryant almost going to the L.A. Clippers because when Jeff Perlman was on the show, he talked about how Kobe could have been a Clipper before they traded for Powell Gasol, he could have went to the LA Clippers, and he could have teamed up with Elton Brand, and they had a good squad over there. And those are that was
2: um, Elton Brand, Darius Miles, and the boys, Lamar Odom. Lamar mm-hmm. Odom wasn't there. Not, oh, okay, no, he okay. wasn't
1: there. Uh, but that's my two biggest what ifs: <laughs> him going to the Clippers or him getting drafted to the Nets. If he got drafted to the to the Nets, I think statistically he's in <laughs> he's in a far different category. Of course, but I don't think they get Jason Kidd if he goes to the Nets. They probably don't get Kenyon Martin because they were so bad. That's why they got Kenyon Martin. And I don't know. I, they still, I I think they still do get Keith Van Horn. But I think the Nets just would have been a very bad team. Now I have a question. Do you think that
3: Kobe's trajectory, if he were to be on the Nets, would it be comparable to Carmelo Anthony?
1: Oof, I don't know. That's a good point. If he goes, if he gets drafted to the Nets, I think he's Instead of a five-time champion, he's probably a one- or two-time champion, I, I depending still think on wins. the team that he goes to in free agency. After seeing the grit that he went through
3: in 2009-2010, I definitely agree with that statement. I think he probably would have gotten a championship sometime during his career. But to compare him to Carmelo Anthony is not too far off. It's just that Carmelo couldn't adjust to not being the primary ball
1: handler towards the end of the to, But Carmelo the wasn't a defender.
3: And that's another thing, too. Kobe Bryant definitely had the edge defensively.
1: You know, for me, when I was reading the book, the story that stood out is that when he was when he almost went to the Nets, John Nash, the GM at the time, he wanted Kobe. He wanted Kobe badly. John Calipari was a head coach. John Calipari got cold feet last minute because I think Kobe Bryant's camp called Calipari and said, Kobe, if he gets drafted to the Nets, is not going to play for them. And he's gonna go play in Italy instead, professionally over there. Wow! John Nash wasn't buying the bluff, and he said, "No, nah, we have to take him." And he thought they were going to take Kobe, but last minute, John Calipari goes with Kerry Kittles, who was a okay NBA player, but definitely not Kobe Bryant. But yeah, John Calipari, I believe in that book, or Jeff Proman stated it on the show that that ruined Calipari's reputation as a as NBA an NBA head guy. Coach. Well, he's an NBA one of the greatest
2: coach. college coaches ever. So. Boom.
1: So OG, what's your biggest what if in NBA history?
0: Oh, for me it's simple. Len Bias. Yeah. Yo. Yeah.
1: Was I not gonna say that?
2: Yeah. That's crazy. For me,
0: it's Lenny Bias. I was I was in grade school and I I was in grammar school and I just remember when Jordan came into the league. I wasn't I was paying attention to Jordan in the league, but back then. College basketball was a big deal because we got to watch these guys grow, and not only did we get to watch these guys grow, we got to pontificate, we got to speculate on yo is like if you saw today with Grant Hill, not today, I'm sorry, back in the '90s when when I saw Grant Hill, I'm watching him and I'm thinking, you know, is he is he going to be good as Scottie Pippen? OG, did you read good? our
3: notes before the before the? I, I, I
0: did no, not. I'm no, just
3: sir. messing with you, OG. Go ahead, <laughs> did
0: not, sir, but. When I saw Len, when I saw Len Bias, and for him to get on the Celtics, Larry Bird said, had had Lenny lived, he would have quit in 88. That's how confident he felt about turning the team over to him. Mm. Larry Bird said that if the Celtics were to draft Len, he was coming to rookie camp. This was the same year that Larry Bird won the league MVP. So what it would be the equivalent to, it'd be the equivalent to Jordan in 92 if the Bulls were to draft Shaq. And Jordan goes, I'm coming to rookie camp. That's how big a deal Lenny was. Lenny was the guy, if you're a GM, what do I need to give you to get that guy? Because I'm going to build my entire unit around him. He's the future of my unit. And I thought he would have been phenomenal. And it broke my heart with what happened to him.
1: That was definitely a a tragic story. I mean, you living through that time, The very next day after he was drafted, I mean, how did you feel the atmosphere in the world felt?
0: I got a buddy of mine I was in school with. I was going into the eighth grade, as a matter of fact. And he came to me. He was like, yo, Lin died last night. And he's one of those guys that likes to joke a lot. I was like, what? (laughs) And then, turns out, this was true. And I was like, what? I was crushed behind that, man. Because, like I said, college basketball back then, we just... We so saw guys that were going to be good in the pros and we just looked at them like, yo, is, is Lynn bias as good as James worthy? Can he be better than him? And that's how we saw these guys and that's how we rated them. So when I saw Lynn, that's what I was looking at. I was looking at a guy who could be that good to be James worthy, good to be better than Mark Aguirre and guys like that. So when he passed away, I was, I was, I was broken hearted.
1: Man, that's kind of, that's kind of how I felt when a Kobe passed, because when Kobe passed, I was working at the time and I told one of my friends, one of my co-workers that Kobe just passed and they thought I was, they thought I was joking too. They was like, no way, that can't be possible. And I said, look, you know, so definitely like something, something as shocking as that. It's crazy to believe that it's true Once somebody tells you like that.
3: No doubt. Go but ahead,
1: what level of hype did, uh, before you go, Riff, what level of hype did Len that com- have? Was it LeBron level hype? Was it Zion level hype? Just for people no, to get a grasp of understanding, Dion
0: or or Le, or LeBron, but to give you an idea, it was during the big man era, and, and that's where mm-hmm. that's what teams did. They built around the big man. The Celtics only looked, the Celtics only worked out Len Bias. They didn't work out anybody else, and they didn't have the number one pick. They had the third pick.
3: Number two. They OG. didn't work
0: out. I'm sorry. The, no, it was the.
3: I'm looking at it right now. He was the number two pick
0: overall. He was the number two pick behind Chris Washington yep. they mm-hmm. went in front of Chris Wash. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I'm sorry. They had the number two. They didn't work out anybody else Yo, because they crazy. knew that they uh, knew that that uh, Brad Daugherty was going number one, and they knew that Len was their guy. They were convinced of that. So they knew that we are, we we're gonna have this guy and we're gonna build our unit around him. And I mean he was coming to something that just won the championship the year before, th- that same year. So to get Len and get for this? him to play behind birds. Oh, gee, for...
3: remind me how they got that second pick. Yeah, how they get the pick? second
2: pick?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if i remember correctly it was uh i i don't remember correctly so i couldn't tell you right off the top of my head i, I gotta go do some more homework I on got it, but you, OG. it was it something right that 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 red Auerbach. he ended up same way he got the number three pick to get kevin McHale, where he where he gave golden state they he told golden state that you know they were picking joe barry carroll but so the super- you, you could have the number three pick I mean, you could have the number three pick and give us your pick instead. It was something crazy like that? That's so how they
1: got you. Uh, Drew right here mentioned the Super Sonics. So was it was it the Dennis Johnson trade to the Sonics or no? Was was Dennis Johnson on the Sonics first or the Celtics first? I think he was. He on was the already Sonics. he
0: was already in Boston. Okay, okay. He, he was already in Boston. Boston at that time. That 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 might have been that might have very well been it. Where Dennis Johnson that Dennis Johnson trade to the to the to the Celtics because I think they got him in '83. Yeah, they got Dennis Johnson
2: in Eighty Three. Wilson was stealing. Yeah, and you went a chip. You got the second pick. So did you find it,
3: or no? It's just that the Supersonics were the ones that made the trade. Okay, the Celtics were able to get. So, Riv, what was
1: uh, what was the point you were gonna make earlier when you were about to speak, or did you forget it?
2: I completely (laughs) forgot. (laughs) Understandable. Ah,
1: damn. Just going to your what if?
2: Okay, yeah, I got I got two what ifs. I was I was gonna uh, I changed minds up because I I wanted to get your yeah takes on like just hypothetical. So. My first take, obvious. My first what if is obviously, what if Shaq doesn't get traded and gets the extension and stays in Orlando? How many chips do you think they win if Penny stays healthy?
1: They definitely, I think they definitely do win a championship because that team was
2: loaded. Because this is coming off the sweep to no, the sweep to Houston. Then they lose to Jordan and Rodman and Pippen after, and I think that's when Shaq after gets traded or goes to LA. However he goes to L.A. That what could if have stayed? changed the
1: trajectory of the Bulls' finals runs.
0: And we're talking about Penny Hardaway different today, too. 100%. What
3: mm-hmm. I was thinking, too, yeah. It's how do you think that Penny matches up with Kobe, truthfully? Do you think that well, we're Penny... We're
0: talking about him. And that's how we're That's how we talking about it. Now, 100%. instead of... Because they were Kobe and Shaq before Kobe and Shaq. 100%. percent talking about completely different.
3: 100%. Absolutely.
1: So for you, Drew, what's your what if?
3: So, mine's actually Grand Hill. You mentioned Grand Hill. And... When Grant Hill was in college, people were talking about this guy could be the next Michael Jordan. This guy was super athletic in college, had won championships in Duke, and you look at his time with with the Pistons, and he comes in wins his rookie, uh, runs wins the rookie of the year, co rookie of the year with Jason Kidd. They they kind of dubbed him the rookie of the year prior to the season already happening. But regardless, he was still he was still amazing that year. Still averaged 19. For the first six seasons of his career, prior to any injury, averaged 21. Basically, eight rebounds, six assists. Just one of the most complete players at the time. One of the first guys to really be an all-around type player like that with that kind of size, that kind of athleticism. And to have this type of ankle injury before he really could hit his stride into the the true prime of his career. And you think about the what-if that Pistons team went on to go be a a dominant force in the NBA 2004-2005. Longer than that. For sure. It's just that those two championship runs, Grant Hill could have easily been a part of that and really been a a key factor to that squad. It's just that ankle injury took a a huge toll on, on him. After that ankle injury, he dropped in points by eight points per game, dropped in rebounds by four rebounds a game, dropped in assists by four assists a game. It's that ankle injury completely changed the trajectory of how people were looking at him. And to start his career, I'm not going to call him Michael by any means. Michael was just a different type of ball player. But what he brought you on the floor every night, he could do everything for you 100%. And what if Grant Hill was on that 2004-2005 squad? Do you think the Pistons are able to formulate that squad the way they were?
0: No, because they would have been much better, first of all. 100%. So they would have gotten, they wouldn't have ended up with Prince, right? If I'm not mistaken. They, yeah, they wouldn't have ended up with Prince. They wouldn't have ended up with Chauncey Billups. It would have been cuz they would have been building that unit around, around Grand Grand Hill. Though. First of all, number 2, don't leave out the fact that like you said he was 21 a game. You know, Grant Hill was first he was he was all NBA five yep,
3: times 100%, 100%. So,
0: you can't leave that part out, not to yes, mention. Sir. And a lot of people I got some pushback from this from my cousin but Grant Hill was a better version of Scotty Pippen. Mm, that's crazy. who he was. When he was playing, when he was becoming that he was the he was a he wasn't the defender that Scotty was, but he was a he was becoming that player.
3: Ooh, that's a he hot was, I don't know if I can ride with that one. He
0: was a better was offensive a better player. player. He definitely was a better offensive we, player.
3: I will give you
2: that.
1: We had this argument the other day OG, on the show. We have a lot of arguments. It's like my fourth time saying this. <laughs> but We had an argument that that year that Michael left to go play baseball and Scottie Pippen was the leader of that Bulls team uh, that went to the playoffs and lost to the Knicks. Drew over here, we were debating if Scottie Pippen was the best player in the NBA at that time. Me and Riv said no. We didn't even think he was top three, I believe. We ended off with Hakeem, Shaq, Shaq, and and Malone. In your opinion, where that season, where was Scottie Pippen? Was he top three? Was he the best? Was he top five? Where was he?
0: Just so so you guys know, that season, Scottie Pippen was the only player in the history of the NBA to be on a team that won 55 games or more and lead that team in every major category and not win league MVP.
4: Which makes it inexcusable.
0: Who won league MVP that year? Barkley? In 94 with Olajuwon. Olajuwon. Correct. He was defensive player of the year, and he was league MVP. And then he won the ring. Scottie Pippen was second in rebounding, and he was second in blocks on the Bulls. He led them in everything else, and they won 55 games. The only player in NBA history to do that. No other player in NBA history has ever done and it. And
3: the year that Jordan leaves, it just means so much more to me.
2: So, OG, are you telling us Scotty should have won that over Elijah won
0: What I'm telling you is— OG, he's ride he's with me. Only... Ride with me. Let me hear it. What, what I'm telling you is he's the only player to never win it after doing those things. He was first-team All-NBA that year, too. Don't leave that out.
3: So OG like, would you would you say he player. was
0: the,
3: would you say he was the best player in the NBA that year?
0: LaJoine.
3: LaJoine. So would you say Scotty was 2 3 top 5 for sure?
0: Scotty Pippen was definitely a top 5 player that year. In fact, he was a, when the year Jordan retired until the year Jordan came back. And when Jordan came back in the 1995-96 season, Scotty Pippen was a top 5
3: player. 100%. So for me no personally, when we were talking about it, I had him over Malone. I had him over Shaq, but I it's a little hard for me because Shaq was a pup, but he still averaged 28 and I 11. think what was uh, something, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that Scotty was able to, to will this team after losing the greatest player of all time at the time, because you know who he got, number one, you lose MJ to still be as effective and still have your team in a position to be successful, as you mentioned, to lead every category for his team. I just feel like that speaks volumes to me that he was still able to to do it and still do it at an even higher level than what he was doing at the year
0: before. He he averaged the most points a game for his career that season. Correct. In the 1994 season. He'd never averaged that many points again. He had to. He had no choice. When
1: Jordan left, was Malone better than Pippen, in your opinion?
0: When Jordan left, was Malone better than Scottie Pippen? Yep. That
3: one year OG. Well,
1: for those two years, that two year stretch.
3: Well, he ended up coming back. Yeah. But that and, and you he, mentioned I, that Bulls team wasn't that good.
1: I think statistically he had a better season than Scotty,
0: but I think Scotty meant more to the Bulls than Malone 100% meant. 100
1: percent agree. And Shaq, would you from- put Pippen over Shaq?
0: Yeah, I think he was better. I think he Shaq was just dominant. Shaq, yeah. it wasn't Ooh. like Shaq was Shaq was just dominant. That's all I can really say about Shaq. Shaq wasn't the force defensively that he could have been. I mean, he was a big time rebounder, but
4: just didn't have overall, I
0: think Scotty was a better player.
1: So you're Shaq saying was
0: more, like said, Shaq was more impactful and dynamic.
1: So you're saying Scotty in that two year stretch was the second best player in the NBA?
0: No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he was a top five player. In the
2: NBA. Okay. That's so what,
1: what players would you put over Scotty? Hakeem
0: is
2: undisputed. Yeah, Hakeem. I'm with, I'm with Hakeem.
0: Lajuan is undisputed. Correct. Let me make let me let me make sure I'm not misquoted. Let me make sure I'm not misunderstood. Scotty meant more to his team at that particular time than I think Malone did. Malone okay. had a better season. Than oh, Scottie. okay. I get what you're saying. Okay. But I think Scotty meant more because Scotty was now in his natural position of a facilitator now that Jordan was gone. So he was now playing in his natural position of being a facilitator who could score. So with that being said, Malone had a better better season statistically. Same thing with David Robinson. He had a better season statistically. Those guys were better statistically than Scotty, but Scotty was definitely a top five player that year.
1: Okay. And now this this segues into my next question I want to ask, which I probably know your answer already, but it's a it's a topic that a lot of people at least today, lean the opposite side of what I think your response is going to be. Could players in the '80s slash '90s play in today's game and be as effective today as they were in that time? For example, John Stockton.
0: I don't think the game has changed that much. That, like a guy like John Stockton, like I told, you, like I talked to you earlier about Magic. You know, a guy like John Stockton who can get to the basket on anybody because the game is so wide open and the playmaker to John Stockton is, and how tough John Stockton was. John Stockton was a five-time All-League defender. So he could defend at the highest level. So he could deal with guys. He was dealing with big-time athletic guys, and he was still making an All-League defensive team because the game is so wide open. I think that he would be great in this era. Absolutely.
1: And in this 15-year window that the game has changed so much, somebody I think would be... Even better than he was then was Dwayne Wade. I know he didn't play in the 90s or 80s, but in this wide open league, I think Dwayne Wade would be ridiculous in this league as wide I open as he, the game is I now. I think
0: he would have to shore up that mid-range game a little bit more because Dwayne was definitely more of a going to the basket kind of guy. Definitely. And I think that he would have to shore up that mid-range game, game a little bit more, and that would help him because Dwayne got beat up a lot. Mm-hmm. and that's kind of what shortened his career. Not shortened his career, that's what shortened his, peak. his prime. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what shortened his prime, because he got beat up a lot. So I think Dwayne Wade would be very good in this era, no doubt.
1: So what's your opinion on people that think that the game has evolved so much from not only how the game is played, but from an athletic standpoint that makes them think players from older eras couldn't play today?
0: Well, what I don't understand is, I don't understand when I see guys from that era and I think to my, like, like Jordan was dunking the ball from the free throw line. Dominique Wilkins in dunk contest was catching the ball from the dotted line and dunking the ball. So, you know, Kenny Smith finished second in the dunk contest in 90. So the athlete was still there, you know, fat leave almost averaged a triple double where he went, I think it was 19, nine and eight. And he was, he was, Russell Westbrook might have been a better version of Fat Mm Lever, So I think that those guys athletically could compete today. Not to mention, because the game changed, those guys would have adjusted their games today than they did. They wouldn't play like that. It would be like coming to a class where they're teaching different. If I'm going to learn this, I got to adjust. Otherwise, I'm going to get pushed out. And I think that those guys would have adjusted. I think Dominic Wilkins would be awesome in this era. I think Shaq would have struggled in this era because of the big man and how he really plays on the perimeter. It, I thought you yeah. think Shaq would have struggled. Is, it, is it?
2: You think more he'll struggle on defense than anything? Yes.
0: Uh, okay, defense, that's fair. Yeah, I do think he would struggle on defense more because where the big man plays and how far out he plays on defense, where you got to chase guys around. And Shaq was Shaq had a really difficult time in the pick and roll of all the defensive schemes that he had to deal with. He had a very difficult time in the pick and roll. So I think he'd struggle today defensively.
2: And you don't think the bigs from the 90s, and 80s, like Ewing, Hakeem, Shaq, you know, the Admiral, you don't think Kareem, you don't think they'll come in and readjust the NBA? That's a great question. I think That's lot- exactly I think where, I think where I was going.
0: I think Wan would be awesome in the game today. Well, the reason why the game has gone away from those guys is because of the Euro. So. Alajouan, Ewing, uh, David Robinson—the traditional Mm. big—that was the guy. Well, then enter Tony Kukoc, enter Dirk Nowitzki. Now they're telling us that this is the future of basketball: the six-foot-ten, six-foot-eleven guy playing outside and shooting the long ball, and this is where his game starts. And this is the future of basketball. So now we're going away from the the traditional big who plays on the box who. You dump the ball down to him. Plus, it's more entertaining seeing that big guy shooting the long ball and playing faster. And now the game is changing, so that's how we got away from that. So I don't think that guys like Elizjuan would keep the game the way it is because the game went away from that because of the influx of the Euro. Right.
3: I agree that it wouldn't that they wouldn't completely take their game from how it was to and translate it now into the current NBA. But you don't think that they would adjust to how the NBA plays. Like you don't. I feel like I look at Olajuwon, and I see a lot of Joel Embiid. Obviously, I think Olajuwon's better than Joel Embiid, but I just feel like that game's so similar that I feel like Olajuwon, Malone, Charles Barkley, which is a, a more skilled offensive, Draymond Green, you know, that size, I mean, solely off size. I feel like definitely they could come into this NBA and, and adjust to... to to how it's played now. And we spoke about it a little before. You look at players that have played in the league for so long already. LeBron James, he was not taking not nearly as many three-pointers as he is now early in his career just because that's how the game has evolved now. And you look at someone like Carmelo Anthony where he he was amazing early in his career. He couldn't adjust to the new NBA. Ended up fading him. Has, has definitely been a solid role player as of the last few years, but it took him a few years to adjust to how the game's played now. So I feel like, some players would be able to adjust. You look at the Hakeems. You look at the Malones. You look at the Patrick Ewing where they, they had a mid-range game and they could still beat you down low. I feel like they definitely would be able to to adjust and, and, and learn to this new NBA.
0: David Robinson would be awesome
3: today. 100%. No doubt about that.
0: David Robinson would be awesome today. Absolutely.
3: And, a, and another thing that makes me feel that way is I understand Giannis is a freak athlete. No doubt about it. But the fact that he doesn't have a jump shot or a consistent jump shot and he's still able to get 28 to 30 points a night, I feel as if definitely Hakeem could come in and and, and mirror that and, and still be efficient defensively. 100%. These guys are definitely faster. But they're these guys were too smart back then to, to not be able to adjust to the game as it's played right now.
1: And, you know, you made a great point when you said Shaq struggled in the pick and roll because... On Inside the NBA the other night when I was watching, I think Kenny Smith or Charles Barkley were breaking down pick-and-roll defense. And Shaq said something totally off the wall that was wrong about (laughs) how you should play the pick-and-roll defensively. And there was a tweet that trended on Twitter that, like, yeah, this guy, if he played today, he would still struggle in the pick-and-roll. No doubt about it. So on to the last question. I think that this is gonna be geared towards more Riv and you because I when we talk about the GOAT debate, I fall in the middle because I think the the, the debate has just been beaten up so much to death that I get tired of it. But I know that you, OG, you think LeBron is the GOAT and you'd build your unit around him before you'd build it around um Jordan. Riv here is the opposite. He thinks Jordan is the GOAT. So I want to hear your take on why you'd pick lebron over jordan
0: well i've never and i've had this discussion already i've never seen when jordan came out of college there was a lot of fanfare for jordan there was a lot of hype and jordan wasn't expected to do much you know he he, he came from north carolina average 19 a game he was the college player of the year the year before so That Chicago Bulls team was terrible, and he wasn't expected to do much. And he comes into the league and lights it on fire. You know, averages 28 a game as a rookie, starts in the All-Star game. And every organization, and I I mentioned this before, every championship organization has that aha moment where they have that guy that, okay, this is my guy, this is who I'm building it around, and I got to go get this guy some players. Because this is the future of my organization. And the Bulls found that out in 86 after the Celtics series when Jordan went off on them. And the Celtics are, are basically considered, at that time, they were considered the best team that the NBA had ever seen. So with that being said, the Bulls became the model of consistency where Jordan had Paxton for eight years. He had Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen for six years. He had Bill Cartwright for five years. He had B.J. Armstrong for four years. So it's obvious that the Bulls were serious about not just winning, but about building it around him and giving him that environment of consistency. I've never seen a guy, and and I watched Jordan develop into that. So by the time we get to the 1991-92 season, I'm looking at Michael Jordan, and he's the guy who just, he's hes basically the matrix where Neo had it figured out at that point where yeah. everything was just moving slow and he was moving. I got this thing figured out. You guys have no idea what you're up against when you're dealing with me and just get in line. And it starts at the Mississippi. So I saw his development. And it was because how the Bulls put that unit together around him. Now, when you talk about a guy like James, I'm sorry, I keep saying
4: change. You, you talk keep about a guy on. like
0: LeBron. What's going
3: on? You're good, OG.
0: You keep talking about a guy. Now you talk about a guy like LeBron. I have never seen an. I'm not. I don't mean a basketball player. I have never seen an athlete come into professional sports with the amount of fanfare, the amount of pressure, and the amount of hype that LeBron came in with, and to live up to that hype after everybody said that he couldn't do it. Not only did everybody say he couldn't do it, he goes to this terrible Cleveland team, which is right down the block from where I live. And I got that added pressure into it as well, because it's I'm, I'm from here, which they don't have any model of consistency. The only consistent player that James LeBron had was Ilgowskis. That was it. So for seven years, he was the only one. They were putting ragtag crews together with James, and they were telling him, go figure it out. He was doing that. We're talking about a guy who, in year three, wins a playoff series. They're talking about Luca being better than James, Luca being better than LeBron. Luca hasn't been out of the first round of the playoffs yet. James was in the NBA Finals in year four at age 22. He was averaging 30 a game at age 21. And he had been in the NBA Finals. And he goes for 29 in a second half against the Eastern Conference, in the Eastern Conference Championship against Detroit. And you would think that that was the aha moment for Cleveland. Like, okay, we got our guy. This is who we're going to build it around. Instead, they were putting guys around him, ragtag crews, and expecting him to go figure it out. And he was doing that. Then comes 2010. All he did was level the playing field. That's all he did. He didn't go to a super team and decide that, yo, no, the crews that you're putting me around, I got to deal with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Dwight, Rondo, Ray Allen. She's I got to deal Celtics with these, and I got to go against these guys with the crews that you're giving me because again, we're talking about in the 80s where you, you telling me that I got to win, but this is what you're giving me. The fans, get, the fans are telling me that I have to win, but this is what they're giving me in order to win. All James did was level the playing field. Now he didn't know how to win until he got with Dwayne. And Dwayne told him, you got to be the guy. So it's basically me coming into your house and I'm tiptoeing into your house. And then you telling me, hey, take your shoes off, put your feet up on the couch and stop acting like that. You're the man here. I'm going to take a backseat to you. And we saw what he turned into after that and what he continued to be. I have never seen an athlete in my life do what James did. That's why I think he's the best basketball player, the most complete basketball player that I've ever seen.
2: Question, um, because your your monologue was very impressive
0: before. Uh,
2: beautifully said, beautifully <laughs> yeah, no, said. it really monologue. was. Before I uh, ask uh my question, I just want to give a quick shout out to D Wade because, like you said, teaching LeBron how to win his his year his first three years was just as impressive as LeBron. Year one, then make the playoffs. Year two, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of people don't know that. Played Detroit, lost in seven, I believe. Year three, finals. So I think D Wade was putting up astonishing numbers. He was dominant.
0: Yeah, Shaq though, no, don't leave that out. No, yeah, yeah. It's Sha- D Wade. Shaq
2: did the same thing that D Wade did to LeBron. He told him that this is your team, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride on your bus. Which goes to him to my question. Do you, you don't think you know having a guy in D Wade, you know, teaching? I wouldn't say yeah, teaching LeBron how to win. You don't, and I don't think we can say MJ ever had a person who taught. Him how to win championships. He kind of just had to figure it on and game. You don't think that plays a factor into his I, development? That's debatable.
0: I, I, well, well, first and foremost, you just the question that you just asked. Well, who do you think Phil Jackson was?
3: I couldn't have. A hundred percent. What you, I
0: was you think say. That Jordan was figuring it out. No. Hundred percent. I mean that's a. I'm
2: talking about just from a player aspect. Because
0: because well, you could so say you can just, say, you could say
2: Wade, important. but you you could say Wade, but Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra was there in Miami with LeBron and D Wade.
0: That's that's correct. So that's a that's player,
2: a, a GM, who's a, a big-time winner. A rookie and, head coach in Eric Spolstra. Pat Riley, of course, that's yeah, Pat a legendary Riley coach. And D-Wade, who's already a legendary player.
3: But was was MJ a winner with Doug Collins? He was all right. He, he, would, he, he was, was on winner. record saying, there's no I in team, but there's an I in win. And that's what he did. He went in with the mentality, I'm going to have the ball. I'm going to score the basketball. This is how we'll win. He couldn't do it that way. He, right. he figured out once Phil came in, this is a team sport. Started running the triangle offense. Started realizing, you know what? I can't win if I don't trust my guys. Starts facilitating the basketball yeah. a little bit more. We saw Paxton clutch up, hit a hit a game winner. We saw a uh, Steve Kerr hit a game winner for him. He had help, hundred percent. How he mentioned more than enough times. This guy, LeBron, had no help Did for the years. MJ?
2: Uh, they had that <laughs> same. Amount. That's uh, no, that is I'm very. About, wrong. About, wait, wait, wait! I'm talking about pre-Scotty. We just yeah, talked about well, it. He at, didn't well, have help.
3: Do you think LeBron would have been able to stay in Cleveland his entire career? No. And
2: be as successful as he was right at this point in time? Different time areas, but I don't think LeBron— I think LeBron had to leave to get that success because Cleveland wasn't the market and Cleveland wasn't going to have another guy come in. But I think MJ being in his time, he didn't have help just like— They kind of had the same— He didn't have help just like LeBron in his first couple seasons, you know? Mm -hmm. It wasn't until they made some right acquisitions in the draft, Scottie Pippen gets better, not like he gets to— all NBA all-star level better, mm-hmm. which was in ninety, I believe, or yep, 91. ninety one. Correct. And then they start yeah. to bring those pieces in and then they start to win. Same with LeBron. He goes to play with D. Wade and Bosch and then they become that team. But I'm saying, you guys are saying LeBron, D. Wade taught him MJ, he did have Phil Jackson, who was a a champion with New York, but he I don't think he was a winning coach. He still brought in something different. The triangle wasn't really seen and it was a different mindset. D-Wade knew how to win. He was already considered a winner. Granted, he was losing after he won the finals, but he didn't already came back from 0-2. He didn't already <clears throat> dominate in the playoffs. He'd already dominated that Detroit Pistons team that we love to grade LeBron about. D-Wade dominated them too. He gave Rip Hamilton fits. He didn't beat Dallas already. But lost. So he did lose. LeBron but he beat him. With no one. LeBron did not beat them. Yes, the no, he did. Yes, he, did. Me, Thank you. he did beat them. When he, he scored the last 25 points. But I'm saying D-Wade already was a winner. So he, he already injected that winning mentality. What was that,
0: OG? 29.
2: 29. He didn't already injected that winning mentality. MJ didn't have a player to inject that winning mentality. And he had a coach that was bringing something new.
0: Well, I think you're missing the point, my man. And the point is, is that that unit from the beginning was built around Jordan. So he just with those guys. That's... It wasn't a guy who was teaching him how to win. They were all teaching each other how to win. Jordan eventually bought into the system, and he recognized that if I'm going to win, I got to trust these guys that I've been with for years. I don't need to have another guy come in here and show me how to win. I have the ingredients right here because we've been doing this for years. Now it's just up to me to trust these guys, trust the system that I'm in, which he did, which is why they ended up winning because he could have continued to keep doing it his way. And you know who he would have been? A better version of Vince Carter. (laughs) Ah, Vince Carter's a stretch. I think he would have got at least one. With the mentality that he had? You don't think he couldn't get one of those? All Jordan was saying was, I'm the guy. And we're telling you that you can be the guy, but you got to get on our page and you got to trust us. We're here with you. He wasn't buying into that for years, even though they were building that unit around him. Why do you think he was averaging 37 and 35 a game? Because he wasn't buying into it. And then Phil shows up and, yo, get with these guys and trust these guys. Jordan's best seasons was when he got into the triangle. Debatable. It was his best years. Even uh, it's though not debatable. he had, he had it was debatable Because if you I don't win the a
2: championship, 80, it's not season. a success. His 88 Nazis was ridiculous.
0: I thought, I, I personally thought that he should have won the league MVP that year. Mm-hmm. That, that, mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. But he became a much better player when he got into the I,
2: triangle. I get what you're saying because he initiated his playmaking and he became a better rebounder. It's and you just get to a point where you're on cruise control to a point with that,
4: yeah,
3: that kind of system where, you know what, you know where you're supposed to be, you know what you're supposed to do. And when you're Michael Jordan, you're able to do the things you're able to do. A system like that is just perfectly catered to him. And the fact that he was able to really adapt to that offense and really fully commit to it. But a point I want to make is, I think of the Miami Heat as LeBron's time in college. You know what I'm trying to say there? Where he needed to go to Miami to really learn how to win. And I go, that's a 100% fact. But then, if he didn't win a championship after leaving Miami, then I would understand. No way you can even consider putting him in the GO conversation. So what does he do? Goes back home. Goes to Cleveland, where they have had a 55-year a drought of not winning a championship, one of the worst droughts in, in sports history. Goes to the Cleveland, where they've been known historically for being a city of losers. Right. Goes, comes in, has the first 3-1 comeback in finals history. Does it averaging, in the last three games, over 40 points. Has probably the greatest defensive play of all time. And this is against the greatest team in regular season history. right. And then on top of that, he leaves and goes to another franchise and wins another championship. Come the first player ever to have three finals MVPs with three different teams. It's and the fact that he's able to be this all-around player where if he was a score first guy, he would he would put up the scoring numbers that Michael was putting up. But the fact that he's a facilitator, it's he's averaging twenty-eight, seven, and seven his entire career. I probably, if he wasn't the facilitator, he'd probably be averaging 30 to 35
2: points every single season. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, I don't, because when it comes to MJ and LeBron, realistically, you know, their numbers are kind of, if you really look at them from the overall standpoint, they're identical. Like you said, LeBron was 27, 8, and 8. I think MJ is about 36 and 5. So their numbers are identical. You look at, the, like you said, LeBron in the championships coming back from 3-1. You know, MJ, he did his things in 91 dominated the Lakers, he saw Portland, he dominated them, Phoenix, he put up 40 a game, I think he averaged 41, 11, and 8, I believe, he just completely dominated them, showed off his playmaking, same 96, they just ran the table, you know, beat Super Sun. so I think with these two guys, you know, it just comes, obviously LeBron does what he does, and he's a special player, you know, he's he's the greatest all-around player of all time I would never take that's that that's yep. But I'm when you're talking about greatest of all time I think you have to look at obviously what they accomplished in their era how they dominated in their era and I just think with Michael Jordan he was just so much dominant in his era in the statistical numbers in winning in the eye test you know I'm not obviously he was a loser in the beginning but him you know winning MVP and defensive player of the year in the same year as a two guard in a big man era which Normally, we, look, we even look at now, defensive player of the year goes to big men. So it's like winning that as a two guard plus winning the MVP, leading the league in scoring and leading the league in steals. I think stuff like that, you know, leading the league in scoring 10 times, I think his two-way finesse, you know, you can go mm-hmm. either way. But I think it's just his two-way finesse was so dominant as a player. It's hard for me to say, you know, I would have – I think they're both – for, I think they're both one and two all the mm-hmm. time. I think MJ's one, LeBron is two. But I think MJ's just two-way dominance was just so above, i have to have him one.
0: Just so you know, LeBron in his in his career, which is interesting, never scored 27-7-8 one time. Really? Even though he averaged twenty seven, seven and eight for his career, he never scored twenty seven, seven and eight. You mean guy.
3: specifically that like specifically those numbers. those numbers? Because what he even
2: that?
3: All he's saying is
2: he exceeded
3: those. Either I agree. He, either he did one. I of, think,
2: yeah, LeBron definitely exceeded the expectations by him. Not just even mile. the expect the numbers itself
3: because yeah. the expectation that's a that's a known fact. I agree. Because they had the expectation of being Michael off in high school. He was supposed to be Michael. Of course, he didn't even go to college comes becomes the first overall pick and and somehow manages through through all of this to exceed the expectation that was already unachievable and he found a way to still to exceed expectation which just is
2: unbelievable truthfully you know he's he's lebron definitely exceeded the expectation it's it's like it's hard cuz i feel like these two are the like the most polarizing superstars in nba history you know having oh, phenomenal career but like you know I don't I don't like to throw the little the six O rings so I feel like that's you know whatever you know they both have championships so that I don't even bring that up but like you know MJ being a five time MVP winning being a defensive player there, being all NBA for so long leading the league in scoring you know him being that dominant LeBron being that dominant for a long time LeBron's gonna have the longevity over him, but I think you know you go peak for peak MJ's peak being I guess eighty eight to ninety three and then ninety six to ninety eight. You know, he was really legit, individually the most dominant player we've, well, and what they, OG, has probably ever seen in that time period. Mm-hmm. He was just that dominant as a two guard in a big man era. You know, coming into the draft, people were building around bigs. You know, Hakeem went number one, I believe, in that draft. People were building around bigs. It wasn't a guard era, and Michael Jordan completely changed the trajectory of that whole so i think that was just an amazing thing last thing i'll say because i know i've
3: been saying a lot og and if you want to make a point after you're more than welcome of course but if they had the mentality that lebron started the you know what these got this organization is not going to help me put a squad together around me i'm gonna i'm gonna do it myself if they had that mentality in the 90s you think jordan goes six and oh still what you mean if
2: they formed super teams
3: if they were tired of Players losing to jordan teams. If they were tired of losing to Jordan, you know what? Hey, guys, let's go team up. Let's go to Utah. Hey, guys, let's go to Phoenix.
1: Yeah, I don't think nobody's going to Utah.
3: 100. Listen, uh, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But the fact they still had a, a all-time great championship he roster didn't, that, you know, I they end up getting it done. I don't, but I
1: don't, think about
3: it. KD joined a 73-win team to slay LeBron. Did he, though? No doubt, yes, about, it. No yes, doubt about it. No doubt about it. He okay, said with you, that okay, move, okay, he okay. thought people would say he's the solidified number one player and was surprised that even after he got LeBron, that people still saw LeBron as the GOAT. Okay. Well, first of all, the logic
0: was real simple. We can't beat him without you and you can't beat him without us. Perfect. okay, okay said.
2: So, well, first of all, player empowerment is a different time period. And back in the 90s Correct. and 80s, they were signing like nine, 10 year deals. So it's hard to really say what point. can I, but you know, with, I I agree. Like KD obviously messed up a lot of LeBron's rings, and you know it, it happens. But you know he's blundered, in, he you know 2011 is on his on his on his mind. He I, he lost that, so I let's can't not, argue against 2011. Yes, KD did join, and he did lose those finals. But let's not like he has lost in the finals before, and if teams would have done that in the 90s, I can't say if MJ would have won. MJ had his own super team because he was just that great and Scotty ascended to that level. Correct. And then they got Dennis Rodman, who was a defensive machine. But I don't think, like, I don't know. I can't honestly say what would happen because even the teams he played, you know, the Phoenix Suns, that was one of the best Phoenix Suns teams of all time. You know, they were a 60-win team. Portland, that was a juggernaut offense. They were, if I'm not mistaken, a 60-win team. They just
3: didn't match up well against the Bulls.
2: It just, it was MJ. You know, Magic was still on his last leg, but you got Utah was one of those the best team, Phoenix, uh, sorry, Seattle, that was one of the best Seattle supersonic teams. Those were a 61 team. They had GP and camp. So they, he still played dominant teams in his era. But yeah, you know, the KD thing just messed it up. I don't think that would happen because the 90s was just completely different. Okay.
1: So, OG, do you want to make a final point? Because I know Drew asked if uh, you wanted to add something to it if you wanted to.
0: Oh, I think we good, man. Yeah, now we, we could. it was great, man. All right, this
1: was so. Awful this was episode 98 of the podcast we had a special guest og just want to thank you once again for being on the show riv if you remember what the clap sound is you can hit the clap i think it's the light blue one try the light blue one okay Ah, okay there we go so thank you OG, for coming on the show we appreciate it you're so
0: extraordinary my man
1: so we wish you the best luck in whatever you're doing man so for everybody listening you can follow him on tiktok at chilltown32 it's chltwn32 and he has a youtube chilltown hoops as well i watch your game recaps and your live streams best luck to you and that. so thank you for being on the show once again this was awesome
0: thanks for having me guys it was awesome Appreciate have a good night it. og all right so yes,
1: this sir. is the episode 98 thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time
4: this is Colin Kelly from the Road to Fantasy Football Podcast Network. In case you didn't know, the show you are listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team podcast network and business operations now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information go to wefunder.com forward slash blue wire